music. It's not just part of our daily lives, it's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in, Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. What has being annoying stopped you ever? That's an excellent point. (laughs) An excellent point. That's part of the charm. Rich Crage. Corey Graves screaming, perfectly legal, Cole. You can do anything you want in tribal combat. It's perfectly legal. While Paul Heyman is just yelling, tribal combat, tribal combat, tribal combat, tribal combat, tribal combat. I'm like, God damn it. Fuck all of you. Fuck this. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? How are you, Rich? Do you do you do the uh, do you do the grids? Do you do the sports grids? You know, I swept the name. I I want to like them. I don't enjoy doing them at all, and it's not a. a I get too nervous. I get too anxious about them. I get too worried about the right pick. Like the the worst part they ever did is they added the rarity score thing to those grids. I, maybe they may have been yeah. there from day one or whatever. If they didn't have those, I wouldn't care. You know, what I mean, I just slap six players on whatever because I could I could do the MLB one very easily. I can do the NBA one pretty easily, but then I get into this thing where like it happened the other day where it was like Lakers Grizzlies on the, on the NBA one. And I was like, I mean, I could just put Paul Gasol and be fine with it. But then I was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> and no one know, like I don't have to share it with anybody. I could just, but then it, it, it annoys me. It, it makes me nervous and angry and all this. And it's because I feel like ah, I got to get that rarity score. Like I'd be ashamed of myself if I just put Paul Gasol as a Grizzly and Laker and moved on with my life. Like, I don't know. Do you do you feel that same thing? Because you love them. You're you're all in on all of them. Uh, you don't have to share them with anybody. Just <laughs> I complete know, them. I, it's just by myself. I'm like, ah, come on. Or the worst yeah. is like, <laughs> I, I just I like, I, and then I got in the zone where I was like, I know other ones, but like, I'm just gonna put Paul Gasol here. Then I did it, and it was like 68 percent of people, and I'm like, oh god, come look at that. Come on. And then I thought I could have done Marcusol. I could have done. I could. I could even went chalk with a Marcusol. And that would have been even better than this. Po- and I just felt so ashamed of myself that that's the best this I could do. This is the most rich explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> Why this thing that Why I can't just keep so to anxious? myself that no, I could just have fun with and somehow I have zero fun with and it just yeah. annoys me. Are we, are, are we winning prizes somewhere I'm not aware of? <laughs> I don't well, know. Just... I don't know. I don't know why I make it so competitive. It doesn't have to be. Why don't you just fill the fucking thing out and and, and 
feel the satisfaction of completing the grid. I should probably do that. Right? Yeah. But that rarity right, score, right, though. So, that rarity score, though. But yeah, what, what's your what's your overall point here? Because you're, you're a big fan of these. Well, I mean, baseball, I do chase the rarity score. Because, obviously, I could fill that every day very easily with chalk answers. So I challenge myself to get the lowest score humanly possible. But when I do football, or when I do... Which football is trickier than people think. Because you might think you know football, but what you really know is skill players. And you could get lost very easily if you can't think of a skill player. But uh, when it comes to football or basketball, I don't chase the rarity score. My goal is just to complete the grid. If I can get a rare one, if I, you know, obviously if I get a Los Angeles Rams row, I'm chasing sub 1% on all (laughs) three of them. You're digging deep for that one. How how long does it take you to do a normal one? Let's say you sit down, you crack the knuckles, you you, you open up a nice fresh Coke Z. How long does it take you to complete like the baseball grid? Okay, if I, or if I wanted to, if I wanted to go for speed, like if that was the goal, no, more like what you do, like on a normal one. Like if you're chasing that rarity, the way score, I like you said, it. yeah, okay. the way the way so that you baseball, approach it, yeah. Baseball, I'm a, I'm a t- I'm trying to get the lowest score humanly possible. So sometimes I will do it over the course of an entire day. Okay, like, okay. I'll look at it. I'll fill a couple squares. And then a cup, and then the remaining squares. I'll be like, hmm, I want to think about. Okay, I like know. that approach. I might take that because I, I feel like when yeah. I open it up, I got to do it right then and there. But I like you know. I don't do that. No. Okay, you I, know, because then I'm, if I'm taking a shit, and I could be like, oh man, wait, hold on a minute. <laughs> I have it, Sacramento King no, and no, Memphis Grizzly. I, I got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's what happens. Like you know, I'll open the let's I'll open the grid at noon, fill in a couple of them, leave three or four blank because I want to give them a good think to try to come up with a low one. And then maybe in, in in the middle of my day, I just think of one, and I'll pull the car over and punch it in, or I'm taking a shit, and I open up, I open it up and and punch it in. So yeah, I don't try to do it all in one shot necessarily, you know. Um, now, if I wanted to just do the baseball one as quickly as possible, I could probably do all of them in under five minutes, if I really just. Some of them are really easy, and you could do them all in like, you know maybe like under a minute if you get you know a good break with your con with you know with whatever the teams are or whatever but no i take my time i do them over the course of the day okay um all of them really you know i i i probably finish the baseball one 90 percent of the time um football i finish maybe 50 percent of the time basketball i finish maybe 40 to 50 percent of the time less than football um because well, you have no frame of reference you have no frame of reference for like the last 15 years of the nba yeah the problem with the nba is anything after like 2005 forget it like well that's not true like the star players like uh people like uh harden and and Durant yeah you, you and can go the chalk guys or whatever but if you're actually trying yeah. to or or their teams like if you get a sacramento king indiana pacers I'm done. I'm yeah, yeah. Or you're modern. going, you're, you're digging into the eighties and being like, okay, hold on. <laughs> Who was right, on the right. Kings in 1986? I can figure this out. I got this. Exactly. Yeah. Like the modern players, because basketball, I don't chase the rarity. I just want to finish it. So I, I will throw Kevin Durant in a Nets thunder uh, square with, with, no, with shame. no shame. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I wish I could get there. I'm not there yet. No, I just want to finish it. Now I, I do, you know, like, all right, I haven't done today's yet. Let me look. So, like, all right, on today's, one of the columns is all NBA. 
Now I will chase rarity on that mm, one. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like in cases like that yesterday for football, one of the, one of the columns was super bowl winner. Now I didn't punch in the fucking starting quarterbacks on the, I tried to think you put Patrick you know, Mahomes like, in there. It's like, yeah, right. I, I, I still tried to have fun. Like I'll try to have fun with it when I know I can fuck around and get a, a deep cut. But if I can't, if I'm struggling to think of a one for basketball, I will put in a chalk one without any shame. Baseball, I don't. Baseball, I, I do try. Now, the reason I bring it up is because today, you know, there's hockey. Oh, and I've it. never gotten <laughs> – my my all-time record in hockey is four oh. out of the nine boxes. <laughs> it's not as hard as you think because there's always a column with a, with a career stat, and you could just name stars until you come up with something. Okay, okay. All right. So it's not as hard as you think. Like so as, when as I put you know Paul Correa in, there's a good chance I could possibly get it right. So Wayne Gretzky, you know Paul Correa, Jerome McGinn. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Because like Mark Messier, you know some... I, I'm good. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. If you know Patrick some Hall Wah. of Famers and what, I'm good. I'm good. I got this. Yeah, yeah. If you know some Hall of Famers and what teams they play for, you're gonna ba- you're gonna accidentally get some. But um, today they added immaculate footy. There is now a soccer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> game pele <laughs> and, uh, yeah and i have to tell you today's the first game i'm looking at it rich i don't even recognize the <laughs> logos <laughs> right right You're like i don't know of the teams like i don't know what any of this means the only thing i recognize is the brazilian flag is one of the rows okay so you just need to give a, what, what's what's and then but like you don't know the other the top row though is is it's like no like i don't know it's some cross, premier league like, team in brazil and there's no way you're ever going to figure that out all right no no it says all right, so one of the rows is the Brazilian flag. Now, or one of the columns, rather. One of the rows is Chelsea Football Club because oh. it says it on the logo. Okay, so that one you got. You, you can understand Chelsea. Um, These others, I have no idea what, what the logos are, so I have no chance. I My goal with the – and I'm going to try it every day. You're going footy. To, You're going immaculate footy. All right. Yeah, I'm going to try to just get one box ever. I think you I'm only know like four football players, though, right? I know, but I'm just going to use those four. <laughs> Who do you even know? Day. You know Pele. We know that. Well, did Pele play for any of these teams? Let's uh, say. <laughs> uh, Brazilian. No, because no, you know what? Because the Premier League didn't exist. When you I don't it. think it did. No, that's that's uh, uh, as because far as I'm modern checking... players. I don't. Who do you know that's modern? I, oh, I, I know. I know a modern Brazilian player. Yeah. Fred. Fred. Yeah, his name's Fred. That's it. Like that's the whole name. Oh. They'll, they'll, they'll confirm that in the chat. Fred. <laughs> Fred, just F-R-E-D. Is it all, right, all caps? Is he like a you know a, a, an evil Japanese wrestler? Nah, too? He's got all caps. Oh, okay. I, don't have, I don't think they have heel soccer players. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, let's see if Fred. <laughs> You're going to put Freddie Adu in there, too? You're not talking about Freddie Adu, right? You're talking about no, a no, guy no. named Fred. Okay. I, 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 assure, I assure you there is a Brazilian soccer player named active, Fred. his name is Fred. Okay. No last name. Maybe that is the last name. No first name. All right. Anyway. What does it Let's say on the back if... of his, his kit? Does it just say Fred? It Fred. Okay. Yeah. I love that guy. His name is Fred. <laughs> That's pretty good, Listen, yeah. Let's see if he played for Chelsea live on the air here. Fred. Yeah, he's a ch- – oh, oh. You got oh, one? I'm all fucked up. No, it's all fucked up. Look, there's two Freds. There's three Freds in the database. Uh-oh. There's one that played from 06 to 08. There's one that played from 05 to 09. Oh, here's our guy. 2013 to 2023. <laughs> I've never heard of this man. It's not our guy. That's our guy. guy. 2013 to 2023. All right, ready? In. That's when I do the grids. 
I usually do them with with the girl. She she loves. I punch the name, but then she likes pressing the button. To oh, see I see. Right. Okay, all right. She really gets into that. So, and I watch. I you know I sell it. Like even though I know they're right, I sell it. Like, like I'll watch through my fingers. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'll watch through my fingers and be like, "Is it in there?" And she'd be like, "Yeah, you got it, Daddy." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm a genius." <laughs> so, um, let's try Fred. Ready? I'm watching Fred. My all right. No, he did not play for Chelsea. Fuck. All right. Oh, shit. Let's see if he played for this indistinguishable logo. It says Paris something or other. Let's <laughs> sure. This in. Fred. Nope. Uh, one more. Some kind of logo here. No clue. Can you describe said logo? What do we got? Nah, it's like a bunch of letters crossed with each other, and I don't know what the fuck okay, it is. Okay, all right. Fred. <laughs> Now, nope. do you know what? Do you know what, Fred? You you have no idea. You know, Fred is Brazilian, and that's all you got, right? That's all I know. Okay. Um, he didn't play for any of these teams, so I can't name another Brazilian player. Mm. Which means, and I don't know what any of these other logos mean. Um, I don't know the current Chelsea roster right now, so I can't really help you. Sorry. Well, let's let if me. It was the Chelsea, Chelsea roster from three years ago. I could help you, but now this year I can't help you at all. Ah, <laughs> yes, I'm gonna do, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Run them all. Down. I don't know who's there anymore. You know. Yeah, you don't know who the striker is no, anymore. No. Um, for Chelsea, um, let's just put Messi in one of these boxes. Play. <laughs> he, he's been around, right? Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Lionel Messi. Yeah, I don't even know what. What is Messi? This is uh, no, that was, that was wrong. <laughs> Chelsea. See, they don't tell you what these. Te- oh, Liverpool. Okay. Oh. If we can get someone who played for Liverpool, okay, okay. and Chelsea, um. Okay. Maybe bend it like Beckham. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> David Beckham. I don't know if he was a uh, no shit. I no. don't know who he played for. <laughs> so, our European listeners are screaming at this point. <laughs> David Beckham. This yeah, would be like listening for. to you know like the Days of Thunder podcast, and they're trying to go through like a baseball immaculate grid, and they're like uh, red. Yeah. Uh, somebody played for the Reds and the Yankees or whatever, and they're like, uh, I don't know. Let's try, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's, Let's try, try Barry Nolan Bonds. We're like, oh, my yeah. God, what? <laughs> no. What are you doing? Are you doing? Yeah. Barry Bonds, what? Um, Aaron Boone. Yeah, try I, Aaron Boone. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Come on, yeah. I, I'm going to try one more. All right, well, well, I remember when I used Lionel to play. Lionel Messi is not – you're not trying him in the Brazil category anymore, right? No, no, no. Okay, because he's I, not Brazilian. I don't know. I think he's no, I know Argentinian or I, something like that. So, no, I put him in the Chelsea Liverpool <laughs> okay, uh, I square. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, they're both. I figured they're both Premier League teams. Maybe you know. I don't know. <laughs> um, let me try one of my other favorite players from when I used to play FIFA. The one, the one FIFA I had. Like what FIFA '98 um, or something like that for PS One or no, something. I was like FIFA World Cup. FIFA World Cup. I think. Uh, is 06 a World Cup year? Somewhere uh, in there. Sure. That was a good game, actually. I remember that one around that time. Yeah, it was, that was good. a good one. That was really and, good. Uh, of course, I used Italy. I know and... what the cover looks like. Of course, yeah, of course you did. Yeah, it's a great game. I used Italy. And whenever I would pass to this player, the announcer would go, Toti! So let's try Toti, <laughs> Toti in Toti. one of these boxes. All right. All right. So let's see. Toti. Yeah, I know that, Francesco... I know that game. Francisco Toti. Okay. Francesco Toti. Let's see if he played for Chelsea and Liverpool. <laughs> Ready, Rich? Yeah. He did not. Ah, he, he did not. Shit. Uh, man, Darn. I only have three guesses left. Can we get one? You want to give it a shot. Give it a stab. Give me a player. I <laughs> Neymar. I don't know what his first name is. Neymar. Okay. Let's try him with, uh, you want to go Chelsea, Liverpool, him uh, too? Or you want to try him in the box? 
What's it? Uh, what are the other? Oh, we don't know the other boxes. You, you don't know well, the pull other. Pull it up logos, on your right. phone and you can look at the. All right, let me look up immaculate grid. Uh, what's it called? Immaculate footy. They just put immaculate grid and, and go to the baseball one, and then there's. A oh, menu I see. Okay, play now. Play now. Footy. Get the fuck yeah. out of here with footy. Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, we got BVB09. I don't know what that is. Paris. Yeah. Saint Germain. That's a team. Right, I mean, let's give it. All right. Well, let's. Okay. So the row. The three in the row are BVB09. <laughs> I don't know what BVB09 is. I'm skipping that one. I'm out. Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. And Brazil. The column is Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Paris Saint Germain. I, I think that. Says. Yeah, I believe that is what it. I have no earthly idea what CFM or something like that on the bottom. And I that can't third say. one doesn't have any words on it. No, it's just a random is. assortment of of letters. So and all intercrossed with each other. Yeah. Maybe so, it's come on Fulham. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. All right. Let's I'll just die assume at this it's club. come on Fulham. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, so Neymar is Brazilian. He's Brazilian? He is Brazilian. So let's try one okay. of those. I don't. We have three. I got three guesses left. Do you want me to try them in all three? Don't do BVB. I don't know anything about BVB. I don't know anything no, about we'll, CFM. No, we'll, do Brazil. we'll do the Brazil row. Do we'll... Brazil. Oh, I see. Yeah. Do Brazil row, Chelsea, Paris, and then. We'll try them in all three. Yeah. Why not? Go for right, it. And that, I don't know his first name, though. Per- <laughs> or if that is his first name. It's no, I, I can find it. Listen, th- I think that this is our best shot. So, all right. Let's I can see Neymar being a, a Chelsea guy, right? Neymar. He's just Neymar, by the way. Oh, wow. So okay. I thought he had a first you. name and a last name. I guess not. So, is that, is, is that right, more common than I thought? Because I might have to start liking the football if guys are just like, nah, I'm just one name. <laughs> like, all right. So, here we go. Neymar. Neymar. In Chelsea for the win. No. <sighs> all right. We got to try him in this Paris gimmick. Neymar. Neymar in the Paris gimmick for the win. He's in there! Oh Rich, God. I swear to God, yes. punch it in. Immaculate punch it in yourself. Footy. We got one. We punch got it, in. it. Let me see. Neymar 2013. Hell yeah. The Paris thing. 49%. Who, wait, hold on. <laughs> who, so who's the other Brazilian player? Hold on. He's 49%. So there's. is That's, that's pretty enormous. That's pretty large. Okay. I can't believe it. We got one. It should be a hundred percent, right? What who, what other Brazilian place for? But I guess there's there's dudes like you out there that are like, ah, oh, no, no, I'm not going to use Neymar. I'm going to find you know this dude. Wow, incredible, nice job. I've ne- I've never been so excited. <laughs> I can't believe it. We got one. That's incredible. Well, now your now your new goal's got to be two. You got one. You said that was your goal. Neymar, Paris Saint Germain. Is Paris Saint Germain a, a good football club? Joe, I, I don't like, know anything hey, about. Though, sir. I have one guess left, sir. Uh-oh. Okay, so. So once we with, figure like, out what CFM is, we're uh, we're off to the races. Can you think of another soccer player, period? Because I'm not sure I can. <laughs> oh, so we did, um, we did Messi, wait, you did Beckham, you did Neymar, let's and try Pele. Landon, let's try Landon Donovan. Landon <laughs> 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 Donovan. Uh, so, uh, that guy probably retired in like 2001. And we're... <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm going back to the old standby. What do you do? What do you do, man? Yeah. I don't think he ever Chelsea got to this Liverpool. level. I don't, I don't, he's playing like eighth league. We looked that up. We did a Freddie Adu segment not that long ago. And he's playing like eighth league in like Brussels or something like that. I forget what he was doing. Oh, so. Freddie Adu? Yeah, 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 it wasn't good. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't good. And he's still probably like 26. All right, so <laughs> right. here's here's I'm going to do Landon Donovan. <laughs> Landon Donovan, yeah. He played from 01 to 16. Okay. Oh, wow. I, okay. I thought he retired in but, 01. Turns out he, he started in 01. No, okay. He was just always bald. Like maybe that. Maybe that, like, yeah. Maybe I saw him and I was like, that man's 38 years old, but he wasn't. So. And we're gonna go Chelsea Liverpool. Okay. Ready? Absolutely not. Damn it. We lose. 
The game's over. Our rarity score is 849. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> but for those for those who don't know, okay, um, the 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 highest possible, meaning the worst possible score is 900, and we just got an 849. So you really can't do any worse than that. We only got one right. <laughs> and it was like the, the, um, the second most popular player in the world. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Uh, he was yes, he was the most popular pick for Paris and Brazil. He was the number one pick uh, among all players. Um, I oh, you know what? If we could have thought of Ronaldo, mm-hmm. which I think we both are familiar with him, he played for that third team that we can't identify. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> the team that we don't we may, know. We may have gotten that one. Um, the average player gets five point two correct. Okay, we got one. Okay, well. And we also got the easiest box. The box that we got, 90% of players have gotten <laughs> yeah, it right. got that one. All right, yeah. So um, hey. I got to tell you, I'm, I, you know what? I'm making a decision here. I am retired from Immaculate, immaculate Footy. footy. I comp- yeah, that's it. Grand I got opening, one right. grand closing. You're done. That's it. Yeah, there's like no reason to continue um, because, Rich, it feels good to be a champion. It does, it yeah. Feels good Getting you know, taking Neymar out of our out of the deep, <laughs> the back of our mind. Going, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about Neymar? You should have been in this room when that when his face popped up on the fucking grid. <laughs> the green, yes. Very I, handsome I, man. I what go, a handsome I, face to 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 look at you though, too. Right? He is a handsome man. I I popped my. My hands went up in the air. <laughs> you seemed very excited about it. I'm glad. I couldn't believe we nailed one. That's incredible. I, I didn't think so. I Listen. <laughs> nailed I, it as if we just had guesses and knew one guy and tried it. It's not like we were like, oh, you know what? Hold on. Try Neymar. Yeah, but now I have to confess something. <laughs> what do you got? I was going to drag this bit back every week to oh, open the show until we got God. one. <laughs> thank <And> God. <laughs> we nailed one on our very first try. Good. <laughs> That's that's incredible. Now we, that's it. I, I it feels good to be a champion. And um, we've we've pissed now... off every uh, uh, European listener of the show and and South American yeah. listener. So sorry, apologize for that. But I listen. I, every non-American, I should I should essentially just say every non-American is just you know what. Let me see them do it then if they think they yeah do right right. Okay, you know first I, off, figure it, out what these logos are. You're not going to be able to do right. it. Right, that's step one. I'm surprised they do so, the logos and not the team. I guess the team names wouldn't help either. Because, like, the other one, like, the basketball, they don't use the logo. They use, like, the team name. No, it's weird. Like, only baseball and soccer use the logos. Hmm. Hmm. Even football doesn't have the logos. So, I don't know. Um, what are like, the lots to talk about? Today. You want to just, yeah, fuck it. Let's do hockey. Let's go. We don't have that much Check out go. hockey. Like, like one of, this is what I'm saying. Like, one of the columns for hockey. Oh, so I'm going to get it right now. Mark Messier has got to have. Is thousand point oh, thousand score. points thousand points uh St. Louis Blues. Now does this guy just have to at one point play for the Blues or did he have to get play that? for him? Oh well, well uh, Wayne Gretzky played. Wayne for Gretzky, the Blues, right? I already way ahead of you, pal. Right. Boom, so, we got two. All right, let's put in. Let's put in. Who'd you put? Messier for the Rangers. I put Messier for the Rangers. Right, I put and we're uh, going Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky for the Blues. So I've I've now mentioned the two players I mentioned at the beginning of the show where I mentioned six hockey players. I mentioned two of them already. Which is a, a a good start, I guess. Uh, Montreal yeah, Canadiens. We need a oh, thousand point Canadiens. Oh, well, I got one. Who you got? I use this guy all the time. Guy Lafleur. Oh, I love Guy. a little Guy Lafleur. Yeah. So let's put Guy Lafleur. All right. That was fifty percent. Yes. 
Guy Lafleur, if you've never seen him, looks like a guy exactly. If you if I said this man's name is Guy Lafleur, you would close your eyes and exactly what this man looks like is what you would imagine in your life, right? I he John looks Carroll. like a Guy Lafleur. Listen, ask John Carroll. I love punching in Guy Lafleur. I I have used Guy Lafleur countless times in the hockey grid. Whenever because he played for the Rangers, so whenever Rangers and Canadians come up, you know and you're all in. Punching yeah. into Guy Lafleur. Okay, um, so three all-time greats we have mentioned. Yeah, three Hall of Famers. <laughs> Good start. I think, uh, I think we're done, Rich, because I couldn't name a single Nashville Predator if you put a gun to my head. Oh, God, like, I didn't ever. even notice so. that. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I don't know anybody who's ever played for the Predators, so that's out. Oh, wait, that's hold on. Uh, P.K. Subban, I believe, was a, uh, a Predator at one point. I don't know who else he played for. Let me try Canadians. Let's see if uh, P.K. Hell, oh, my God, look at this. All right, let me put that in. I got P.K. P.K. Subban. Subban. Yeah, he was a Predator and a Canadian. Oh, maybe we got a we got a chance. We're here. Let's, uh... <laughs> we're, we're possibly in the money here. All right. Uh, uh, that's my only we... national predator that I know. So hopefully you got uh, a predator. So we're, in tru- we're in deep trouble. We're we're, we're yeah. Trouble. We're not doing great here. Can we do a ranger and a shark? Hmm. We got to think NHL '95. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, that's where do. my head's at. I, I got the yeah, game. That's... I'm looking at the game right now. It's not helping. I'm looking at the right. cartridge. It's right next to my uh, computer here. Um, not helping. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, no, I'm trying to see who's on the cover. The Predators were not all around then, so that's not good. We're we're thinking no, sharks. No, we're, we're trying to think sharks, see, we're, right? We're fucked because we can't name another Predator. <laughs> I, I was lucky problem. I got PK Subban. I don't even know how I got that. So, yeah, we're if fucked here. Predator, I mean, Wander Franco. <laughs> Yo, um, <laughs> folks. I, I mean, too soon. A, a Canadian and a shark. Yeah. Um. <laughs> a, a, see the Rangers because I live there. That's a very minor help for me. Uh, You're not going to get a newspapers when I was a kid and shit. You're not going to get a ranger shark. But yes, the problem is an expansion team with the rangers, right? right? Yeah, no way. Like rangers flyers, I could be like, oh, Eric Lindros, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But sharks, what the fuck can I do with that? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that you're, you're out. Um, I think we're done here. I, I, I'm, let me I let me let me <laughs> rack my brain for these last few here. Yeah, I think we're done. I think we got lucky to have the ones we got. Um, we got. Listen, this is tying my all-time record, and I'm counting it. <laughs> so now, hold on for, a minute. My man Paul Korea, who I did one of the other six players that I mentioned at the top of the show, he was a blue, but I don't know who the hell else he played for. Well, there's no way he lasted until the Predators. You wanna you wanna open shark. It to the chat. Let's open it to the chat and see if they can finish the group. Maybe, maybe throw, don't put Korea in the. Um... Is he a shark? Who? Paul Korea. I have no idea. If he I never heard of the man. I don't know. You know Paul Korea? Um, you did not play NHL 95 as much as I thought you about, did, I guess. How about Archeus Urbe? <laughs> I don't know who that is. You, hold on, but you don't know who Paul Korea is? You're full uh, of shit. Maybe. You know who Paul Korea is. There's no. Uh, I wish the Avalanche. There's a mighty here, duck. You didn't play as the mighty ducks of Anaheim in NHL '95. No, they they were terrible. Well, yeah, no, if you <laughs> they're good, you got to use Paul Korea. No, nah, I was a Vancouver Canucks guy. Tamu oh, Solani, I believe, was another guy on those teams. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but uh... not a Canucks with Pavel Bure and Trevor Linden and all those guys. Yeah, that's cheap. That's cheap. Oh yeah, great. You use the, the Pavel Bure. Jeff think that, Yeah. Wow. Deep cut there, yeah. I think you're. T- I no, see. no. The only the only cheese team was the Blackhawks because of Bell because of Grant Balfour or whatever Belfour. Or whatever <laughs> Eddie, not 
Eddie. Eddie Belfort. Yeah, Eddie <laughs> Grant Belfort is a former uh, Major League Baseball pitcher with an unfortunate Tam- name. Yeah, with an unfortunate I'm name. I'm a Tampa Bay Devil Ray pitcher. Um, <laughs> Oakland A, too, if you get it to raise uh, Oakland. I know he was both of those. So. Um, now, there's no cheese in that game unless you use the Blackhawks. That's well known and established. Um, I think we're done here. I think we're done, yeah. Throw Paul yeah. Correa in any of the Blues Throw ones. What? Whatever. Try blue, let's try Blues. Shows. Try Blues everything, yeah. Paul Korea. Nope. Shit. Try uh, Blues Predators. Blues, Why not? Blues Predators. We already lost. So yeah, we're done Paul anyway. Korea. No, yeah. What? There you go. 29%. <laughs> How long did he play for? <laughs> Paul Korea, Blues Predators. Huh. Let's try. Um, I am feeling Arch- Archer's Urbe on Sharks Blues. Let's okay. see. Right. Archer's Urbe. Is that how you pronounce his name? It can't be how you pronounce Probably his name. Probably not. Probably not. Um, Urbe. Archer's Urbe. Archer's. Like a little <laughs> sure. over to you. Yeah. Oh, okay. An umlaut. No. Nope. A little umlaut. No. I, I, I know he played for the Sharks. Let's try him with the. Uh, I have two guesses left. I'm just going to fill the other col- Sharks columns and see. Uh, Urbe. Hey, we got a whole column, baby. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. And one more. I don't think he played for the Rangers, but let's see. Nope. Okay, so we got five correct and a rarity score of five eighty eight. Ah, shit. Um, Next time we got to use Yami or Yager. I think he played for forty two years. For <laughs> played yeah. for every team, I'm sure. So uh, we could have went with uh, Vincent Dampus for ah, Canadians and Sharks. Damn. Uh, Dan Boyle, Dan for Rangers Boyle, <laughs> Dan Boyle. Who's I'll Dan have Boyle? You know that out of, out of, check this out. Out of our five answers, four were the most popular answer <laughs> in a given box. Who was our, <laughs> our deep cut? Who was the deep cut out of that? Uh, Gretzky with the Blues. Oh, if people don't remember the, he was only there for like a year, I think, right? Well, normal people just went with Brett Hall. Oh, so, oh, right. <laughs> I forgot about Brett Hall. Yeah, okay. We, we went the guy who <laughs> an iconic like blue. Games. Yeah, an iconic blues player. Right. We chose the guy who was there for sixty games or whatever. I'm going to tell you why because every time I open hockey, hockey grid, I see if I can put Gretzky somewhere <laughs> yeah, right. because that's you know. I'm like, all right, can I use Gretzky, Lemieux, or Messier? That's the first thing I do. <laughs> oh, Lemieux, Obviously. I forgot about. It. Yeah, we got Claude Lemieux and Mario, so we got a few. Yeah, that you got to can... be careful. Don't don't be slapping Claude. Yeah. Don't put Claude Lemieux in there. You. You know, for Pittsburgh, fifty goal scorer. You don't want to slap Claude. By no, accident. no, no. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get yourself all fucked up. Anyway, um, uh, uh, someone yeah, in the well, no-no chat room said Paul Korea sounds like a WF jobber. That that is a good WF jobber name. <laughs> Boston yeah, Garden. <laughs> ding ding ding. <laughs> Paul Korea. <laughs> ding ding <Yeah>. ding ding. <laughs> you know. He's he's wearing like a members only jacket. <laughs> right, jacket. Right. Puts his hand up in the air, the, no, the number one. He's got right. big mutton chop uh, sideburns. Um, <laughs> from Worcester, Mass. Paul Korea. Always from Worcester, Mass. Ding, ding, always. ding. It's always where he's from, too. <laughs> right. Him and the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty, are a tag right. team. Um, so, uh, speaking of uh, that era of WWF, we have all these topics, but I, I demand. No, nah, not really. We don't really have that many topics. I demand we open this show, the wrestling portion of this show, with a match that earlier this afternoon, <laughs> I told Rich, I sent him a link. I said, Rich, you have to watch this match. You have to promise me that at some point today, you will watch this match. And he's like, okay. And it was a link to <laughs> Judy Martin versus Desiree Peterson 
from June 22nd, 1985 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Boston Garden. I didn't tell Rich why he needed to watch this match. I just told him, you need to watch this match. Now, when Rich saw the link to Judy Martin versus Desiree Peterson from June 22nd, 1985, he quite literally stopped what he was doing and said, hell yeah, I'm going to watch this match right now. As as any wrestling fan should. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when you're when you're like given that. Judy Martin and so, Desiree Peterson from the Boston Garden in 1985, yeah, you yeah. drop whatever you're doing and watch it. And when Joe Lanza tells you you have to watch it, you're like, all right, something's happening here. I I need to watch this match because you know he's not you know going to send me some. So Rich stopped what he was doing and watched the match. And uh, I had seen someone earlier this week tweet or X. What do I say? Uh... X. Yeah, I think the Zeets thing was like a joke. That's not true. I guess somebody Post. X'd it. Somebody posted it on X. Yeah, we can't use Twitter. We can't use tweets. Right. We're, we're posting on X. So someone posted on X this match, uh, like <laughs> highlights from the match. So um, the highlight package looked incredible. I watched the match, uh, you know, a day later or whatever. And I said, I have to, I have to make Rich watch this match. So. Um, first of all, within the first 20 seconds of this match, <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon and Mean Gene Okerlund are the most canceled men alive. Oh, they're done. Yeah, I, they're over. They're over. And it doesn't get better. They get, they don't get uncanceled get at better. any point. This match. They are relentless in this match. They introduced Judy Martin, the ring announcer, as uh, weighing in. At 160 pounds. Judy Martin is not the ring announcer, by the way. The, way, it, it, no. the ring announcer announced Judy Martin. As announces being, yes. Judy Martin at 160 pounds. And the very first words out of Gorilla Monsoon's mouth are, Oh, there's no way she's 160 <laughs> pounds, Gene. And Gene's like, No, no, no. She's at least 188 pounds. They're like, I don't know when they um, took that measurement, but she doesn't look 160 right now. <laughs> Ah, that is a much bigger lady than 160 pounds. I mean, they just don't stop. Yikes. They are (laughs) relentlessly going after this woman. Then they announce, uh, the ring announcer announces Desiree Peterson, who is from uh, Copenhagen. And they make a Copenhagen joke (laughs) in the direction of Judy Martin. Gorilla goes, I believe that's uh, pronounced Copenhagen. But you don't want to tell these ladies they're from Copenhagen. Uh, right, Mean Gene? And Gene's like, no, the ladies don't like to hear that. Even if they are a little porky, they're from Copenhagen, not Copenhagen. And I'm sitting here thinking, what the fuck dimension <laughs> did I land on? in? Yeah, what the- this is like the first minute of this uh, <laughs> of this match here, and they don't stop later on in the match. So now if you recall, once again, if you recall, well, we did our deep dive on, on Joshi and the Dodo Yef on uh, flagshippatreon.com if you want to go back and listen to that. Gorilla was giving it to Judy Martin's weight in that sh- a bunch of the matches she there. Was. So I don't know if she was in on this. I hope she was in on this, or else. Yeah, but it was they, also the '80s, so maybe she wasn't in on it. But yeah, well, I mean, no, because then later on, they're like doing a spot, and Monsoon goes, "Oh, this is hard for Desiree Peterson. Judy Martin must have her outweighed by forty pounds. Here. Look at the size <laughs> of her." He does, yeah. Because like, Michi tries to say, he's like, well, Judy Martin's got an experience uh, advantage over Desiree Peterson. And Gorilla goes, she's got a weight advantage, too. She's got to be 40, 45 pounds heavier, too. Because Michi was just like, yeah, she's more experienced. And Gorilla's like, she's bigger. She's so much fatter. What are you talking about, Gene? It's like, Look at Whoa. the size of her. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. And by the way, Judy Martin's but, uh, not like... 
it's not like Bertha Faye out there. It's like, no. you know, Judy Martin's a very normal-sized woman. She's, you know. There's a chance she was under 160. <laughs> like, I'm not even positive she was. I, I think they maybe added too many pounds to her in the in the introduction. Yeah, anyway. they said 180. That's a very large. Yeah, I don't think she was 180. But anyway. So, uh, <laughs> man, they were all over. Um, that's not even why I asked you to watch the match. I that's not even the most, biggest reason they got canceled either oh go for it well <laughs> so they it does this match is is really fun it's i'm glad you sent it to me it was actually a very very fun match um yeah. they keep doing a spot where um judy martin is throwing desiree out to the ring and she's falling onto the laps of uh gorilla and, and mean yeah. gene oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first yeah, so off i think okay so i'm not gonna steal your thunder but let me just set you up. So, like, Judy Martin twice took Desiree Peterson by the hair, flung her outside the ring onto the announcer table, which at that time would rest right up against the ring, and into Monsoon and Okerlin. Rich, before you tell everybody why they're canceled forever, do you think she heard them ribbing her and did that on purpose? She did it twice. And their oh, shit a good, just ooh. went everywhere. Hmm. And they're sitting right up on the ring. It's like it's, they could hear what they're saying, right? Like they're they're five feet away. I never thought of it that way. I, I think it just worked for the style of the match that they were doing, the story of the match. But I don't know. That might be a well. The match fucking rocked. We'll get into that. Yeah, but... the match ruled. Yeah, but Anyways, I, I don't so know. That's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it, it. I'm not sure. It may have worked. For the story, but so, it didn't help them. They dug themselves a deeper, deeper hole afterwards. No, so she threw her into that table twice. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's, the second time felt like, all right, motherfuckers. But I don't know. Yeah, like, that's all right, we already did this spot. Yeah, like, but um, tell everyone why the fat shaming was the least of the concerns. <laughs> yeah, right. Here. Unfortunately, the fat shaming was uh. So first off, this Desiree gets tossed on a gorilla and and Mean Gene. The fans are behind me and Gene going, give it a ride. Go for it, Mean. Go for it, Gene. Go for it. I'm like, oh, God. As in, you know, hey, she's there. (laughs) Take advantage. She's like, oh, God. 1985. Scantily clad clad lady just landed in your lap. You know what to do. (laughs) It's like, oh, God, 1985. You just hear these people be like, go for it. Do it. (laughs) She's right there. And it's like, oh, no. Um. So you ever that, see those? Uh, I swear I'm gonna let you make this point. No, you're good. You're good. You ever see those uh, Zoomers watch Seinfeld YouTube videos? Oh no, they have to hate that show, right? Yeah, I yeah they yeah they they think they they don't laugh once. They think it's all super problematic. <laughs> I would like to do Zoomers watch Judy Martin versus Desiree Peterson on June 22nd, 1985. I would like to do that, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. So then, um. So Gorilla goes, hey, Mean Gene, I know you've been single for a long time, but this is kind of ridiculous over here. And then he goes, well, I mean, she's there, so she's for the taking. And then Mean Gene goes, I'm not that hard up for a date to have someone thrown into my lap. Yeah. And then Gorilla and goes, huh? as if like, I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then do, you re- do you remember the worst of the worst? That's the worst the line, yes is Desiree gets back in the ring and Judy Martin is doing some moves or whatever and Gorilla goes, oh man, Desiree Pitt, she's got welts all over her legs. Gene, did you give her those welts? <laughs> it's just like... I'm just like, what the oh, fuck? What is happening? What are they doing? 
So, uh, anyway, now that we're tugging our collars here. Um, <laughs> match fucking ruled, by the way. The match fucking rocked. Okay. Uh, even with that commentary. Commentary aside. Re- commentary aside. The match you're, rocked. You're rewinding every 15 seconds to go, did they really just say what they just said? And they, and in every instance, they did. Um, but the match was fucking incredible. Um, Judy Martin in this match is so fucking good. I mean, she gives her a power bomb, which they don't know how to call. And Gorilla Monsoon calls it an inverted backbreaker because he doesn't know what else to say. Because it had to be the first time he saw a ba- a, a power bomb. Yeah, I right? know that too. Like he called it yeah, in, inverted backbreaker, right? Yeah, inverted yeah. backbreaker. You had the two spots where she just whips Peterson into that ringside table. It is just Judy Martin is just a force of nature in this match. She is great. And uh, Peterson's good as well. And I, I would, through modern eyes, give this like maybe like three and a half, right? Through, through modern eyes. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. No, it's really good because, yeah, Judy is doing a lot of work. And, and Desiree is just getting her ass kicked here. She is just getting thrown around like a rag doll. Like we said, quite literally ragged out. Like she gets grabbed by their head and just thrown out to the outside onto the, the, the table. And it's not, it, it's not a table that breaks. You know, it's not a modern WWE table or whatever. Falls yeah. onto the, the ring, you know, and then they have to kind of help her into the ring or whatever and get her back in there. And, and that's, you know, of course, leads to many canceled things as Mean Gene, like, grabs her and puts her into the ring or whatever. <laughs> Gorilla's like, oh, my God. You know, just like, and then Gorilla does it the next time or whatever. But the story is, like, she's just getting destroyed here. And then, it you know, out of nowhere, she starts rallying a little bit. Judy goes for a big clothesline. I think it was a clothesline, and 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 Desiree, you know, she 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 ducks under it, does this beautiful crossbody, like a real high crossbody, and gets Great the cross win. Body. And the crowd goes nuts because it's like, man, this this woman has just gotten yeah. her ass destroyed the entire time, just just getting just absolutely destroyed by Judy Martin and just getting, you know, literally ragged out by Judy Martin. And then all of a sudden she comes here, hits this amazing crossbody. And it was one of those great pinfalls too, where she, she hooks it real tight. So it's like, and yeah. Judy Martin's like kind of trying to wiggle out of it. Like, Oh fuck. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. And try, not like, you yeah. know, a lot of times now it's, 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 it's something that I hate about a lot of modern wrestling is yeah. you get pinned and you just lay there flat. You know what I mean? You're just yeah. done. You don't move. You're just like, ah, I can't, you know, I'm done. Well, what, yeah. What, what you're trying to express here, whenever you go back and watch wrestling from that era, you're taken aback by the snugness of it all. Yeah. And and that's and that's kind of like it, it's just a different physicality. It's right. Just, it's not snug like that anymore. Like yeah. there's stiff wrestling now, but it's not the same. It's like the pinfall was snug. Right. Like she like Martin, hooks it in and Judy's trying to get out of it by like yeah. you know jumping up and down and swiggling out of it or whatever, and then she can't, and it's one, two, three, and it's just enough for the three. And then Judy gets up and Desiree's going, Yeah, I did. and the crowd's going nuts, and Judy Martin's like, No way, no, there's no way. And it's just yeah, it's it's good shit. It's great. There's a genuine sense of struggle in the pinfall. Yeah. Where it's like Peterson is truly holding on for dear life to hold Martin down, and uh, Martin can't escape the pin. The missed leg drop spot by Judy Martin. Oh, like yeah, the, yeah, the ferocity yeah. of it. And then you mentioned she goes for that clothesline at the end, but like it, it's not like the thing they do where they aim real high so they make sure that they miss. She swings that fucking arm. If she oh, would have yeah, connected, thank God Desiree ducked because she would have fucking. You gotta duck. She would have killed her. And again, that's the kind of shit that's how they worked back then, you know. And it's uh, but um, yeah, the match is great. Judy Martin is great. And, you know, and then it was funny because then after they cut to the crowd after Peterson wins and the crowd's going nuts. And you got to remember, this is just a prelim, not even a prelim. If when I looked at the card. Oh, this had to be, yeah, lowest. They low. went on 
No, they went on right before the Hogan Big oh. John Stud main event, which means people were tired. They had just sat through, you know, three hours of wrestling. They wanted to see Hogan, and these women won them over because this crowd was molten for the finish of this. And they cut to the crowd, and there's this lady, and you can read her lips, and she's talking to like her boyfriend. And she's going, and she says to her, and I quote, she threw her into the fucking table twice. <laughs> you could read her lips. <laughs> With the Boston accent, too. <laughs> yeah. She threw into the fucking table twice. Yeah. Like, they had never, I don't know why I just did a Cockney prostitute. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was they, that? I can't do a Boston accent, so I, I'm not even going to try. But, uh, you know, they had never seen anything like that back then. That kind of, uh, and, and you know, they they had to work that hard to, to win people over. And here's the thing. Now, after watching this match, okay, and you know I am a uh, big proponent of Judy Martin. I always have been. Um, after watching this match, Rich, I had a thought. And my thought was, I believe Judy Martin is a top five 1980s WWF worker. Whoa, okay, okay. Let's do this. Let's unpack this. I have unpacked it, and I and now the exercise here is you're going to do the same thing. Okay. And I'm going to present you my counter arguments or agreements. I I contend that Judy Martin is a top five nine, decade of the 1980s WWF wrestler. Okay. The, now, just your gut instinct. Do you think I'm crazy? Do you think I could be right? What are you thinking when I say that? Uh, so I think you might be onto something there because when you talk about like the workers of the '80s, like the, what what you know what we consider, because <clears throat> you're talking like work rate, like what what she does in the ring, yeah. Her, the, the the yeah. So you could pretty much throw out for me at least the first half of the decade has got pretty much nothing, right? I would say like Backlund. maybe you're you're if you want to count have to consider Backlund. Yeah, I I never really vibe with Backlund stuff at all. All right, well let me let me frame it to you this way. Even if you rate Backlund like I do, he was gone by '84. Right. Okay. Judy Martin wrestled in that company the entire decade for at least parts of every year, and was a full timer for three or four of those years. But she was, she wrestled WWF matches every year from 1980 to 1989. So somebody like Backlund, he was done by 84, didn't come back till the 90s. Someone like Slaughter, who was awesome, was only there for two or three years in the early part of the decade. And then he was gone and didn't come back until the 90s and wasn't the same. Um, Pat Patterson, again, when did he stop? 84-ish? He didn't wrestle into 85, right? So that first half of the decade like you're saying it's like even the great workers from that they, they didn't there's no one who i would argue judy martin i would put her ahead of them because she wrestled the whole decade right right because her and, and like sean michaels like this. too like he wrestled in 88 and 89 or whatever but that's like two years yeah and yeah, all that's... tag teams really right mostly tag teams and only two years so, you know, you have guys on the back end. Throw some more names at me. And I'll, so I'll so here's my, my... my initial list that I wrote down as you were talking here. So my initial list is yeah. Tito Santana, Bret Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Paul Orndorff, Randy Savage, Dynamite Kid, Lanny Poffo, Mr. Perfect. All right, let's attack these. 
Tito is an absolute top five contender. Okay, we're locking Tito in. Because he's a contender for top five because he was there the whole decade for the most part. And he was a worker's worker. Tag team, singles. Tito's a contender. Who's next? Um, My next guy was Bret Hart. Absolute contender. Now, didn't get there until 85. So we're only working with half the decade. But I think he was such a great worker, tag team, and even singles on the back end of the decade that he has to be a top five uh, contender at minimum. So, yes, I would include him. Okay, so we got Bret Hart locked in. Ricky Steamboat. Now, he's a tough one because he was there and gone and there and gone, but I, the body of work's pretty good for Steamboat. You're really only talking 85 to 88 and not even all of 88. Now, you've got the WrestleMania three match with the guy who I think is number one. I think Savage is number one. Yeah, okay, can we lock Savage in without talking about him? Savage is in without talking yeah, about him. Yeah, perfect. Um, I would make him. I, I honestly, I think he's would be my number one. Um, Steamboat, you know, you, it's really only like two and a half years all told. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. You know, the Mania three match. I think you have to consider him, but I, I can't. This is gonna sound nuts to some people. I can't definitively say I would put him ahead of Judy Martin. Okay, so he's not officially locked in. We'll have to argue about him uh, a little bit later. Orndorff is, is an interesting one. That's. This is your fault you know, because you've made me watch a lot of Paul Orndorff for the last couple of years, and I've really become to really, really respect him. Orndorff showed up in 84 because the, the December 83 stuff really didn't even make tape. So he was 84 till about 88, but the back, the second half of that run was, wasn't anything special. And the work was pretty good, 84, 85, 86. But again, when I when I think about Judy Martin, Rich, those glamour girls jumping bomb angel matches are arguably the best matches of the decade. They're real company. fucking good. Yeah, if you have if you haven't and, seen those, deep dive. Joshi and the WWF flagship Patreon.com. Uh, we we did an entire, I uh, got three hours, four hours or so about all of the Joshi wrestlers that have ever been in the WWF, and this is just the WWF. We're not going to you know modern era or anything like that. So so yeah, you're talking jumping bomb angels. You're going into the '90s when they're trying to do the women's division again. But we watched and, and talked about pretty much every single one of those glamour girls uh, jumping bomb angels matches that made tape. And yeah, there's some pretty we watched everyone that made there. tape. There's yeah. some really good stuff in there. I, I hope hopefully most of that is still available. I'm, I'm you know that's always a problem with the deep dive is that videos come and go, but you could probably find most of that still, whether it be on Peacock or YouTube or whatever. We watched all the ones we could find. On tape, so I think we saw most of them, at least all that were available. Those matches are great, and it's not just. And all four of those women contribute. Judy Martin's a great wrestler, so what I'm saying is, and she was full time in that team for what a year and a half or two years, and then all the single stuff throughout the decade. I would put her over Orndorff, honestly. I would. Uh, Dynamite. He's absolutely in the top five okay no question all right so we got right now so this because, is right now we got savage dynamite bret hart and tito santana that you've locked in because remember dynamite wasn't just the bulldogs he had the msg match with tiger Mask he got the tiger Mask part too. Of the decade. yeah yeah so he's he's in from 82 till this back fucking goes what 80 87 i was gonna say 87 88 yeah he's good he's great so uh lanny pop yeah yeah good. is a guy who is weird because like He's kind of a dorky, like, pick. Like, I, I probably wouldn't put him in my top five, but I, I always appreciate his work. But he's kind of a dork pick. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know that I he's, could. He's an interesting one. I'd have to put some thought into that because he was there for the most of the decade. I think his work is underappreciated. But I will tell you this. Without question, 
Judy Martin has more great matches than Lanny Poffo, and it's not even close. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. It's not even close. So I would put Martin ahead of Lanny Poffo. Uh, Mr. Perfect. Again, it's a very short amount of time here. You're talking 88 and 89. Yeah. How can I put him ahead of her? He's You got two years there. She has 10. You know, not 10 full years, but again, who had more great matches in the 80s in that company? It Judy has Martin. to be Judy it's, Martin. It's true, yeah. She had more great matches. She had great matches every night against the Jumping Bomb Angels. Every single night for however long that went. What, a year, year and a half, whatever it was. So... No, I, he just, it's not, it's not deep enough for Henning. And I love Henning, but it's not deep enough. Last guy. Um, this is a suggestion from Gerard uh, in the note of chat room. Rick Martel. I would not put Rick Martel in the top five. I like Rick Martel, but I wouldn't put him in the top five. Mostly tag team. He was always in tag teams when he was in and out of the company. Um, the model stuff was more early 90s. And and honestly, those weren't great matches, right? I mean, he was good. Um, because Strike Force broke up in '89, right? And you know, he teamed with Gurria earlier in the decade. Yeah, he, he was better other places in the '80s, but I don't know if I would put him top five in WWF in the '80s. Now, 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 to be fair, a gigantic chunk of Judy Martin's case is a tag team, right? So. But then you un- but then you discover gems like this one, and you're like, holy shit, what was she doing on a nightly basis? You know what I mean? Like, she had unmatched the night before against Peterson and MSG, which I'm sure is out there, and I'm sure it's a very similar match in quality. So it's like... I wish we could see that one, uh, if, 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 if she does the table spot with uh, Gorilla and, <laughs> and right, Jerry, or, yeah, exactly. or whoever would be at MSG or whatever. I, I don't know if it would be Gorilla and, and Mean Gene. Uh, at MSG. All right, so I would put Savage ahead of her, Dynamite ahead of her. Um, I've got to put Brett ahead of the, her. The, one we, the ones work. we locked in. We locked in Tito. We locked in Bret Hart. We locked in Savage. We locked in Dynamite Kid as top four. So, or, or in the in the top five. I shouldn't say that. That's not in order. So someone's got to give me one. You got a Ted DiBiase. Would you make a case for a Ted DiBiase? A Rick Rude? DiBiase showed up in 87 and was an excellent worker. The problem with DiBiase is because of the people he worked with. Right. Hogan, tag teams with, with a broken down Andre. You're not going to find a lot of great matches. He didn't have a lot of work rate matches at that point in his career. He had someone savage. Um, would I kill somebody if they, you know, would I argue very hard? No, I would not. It's Ted DiBiase. You know, I wouldn't argue real hard with a lot of these. I just am picking Judy Martin over most of these based on the fact that she was there the whole decade and she was great. And I don't, I think she's underappreciated. I really do. Oh, you do. Yeah. We, we've been trying to, <laughs> you especially have been trying to, to, to bang the Judy Martin drum for, for years and years and years. Hopefully maybe this segment will do it. We we're leading our show off basically with <laughs> immaculate grid footy, immaculate grid hockey and Judy Martin talk. This is, I love this. I'm this gonna, is a great show I'm here. I'm going to tell you right now, Judy Martin working 1980 style is better than 95% of the women in, in American wrestling today. Easy. Who would you put over Judy Martin today? 
in America. Okay, Rich, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not sure I can name five. She's better than everyone. Works like, a different style. Works, works certainly works a different style than than everybody. <laughs> you know, all the other women in the in America do uh, right now for sure. I yeah, mean, she smokes Becky Lynch. Oh God! Oh, dude, are we done with the the Becky's actually good thing? I mean, I'm not picking on Becky Lynch. No, I'm just, she's like, naming people. Mercedes, for sure. Mercedes is better than her. I'd rather watch Mercedes uh, than I would. I, I would. It's closer than you think. Who's the cleaner worker? Oh, God, Judy Martin, of course. Who works with more ferocity and intensity? Yeah, Judy Martin. I, I, it's closer than you think. I know people think I'm nuts, but they need to go watch Judy Martin. But but just look, just some st- you know, Becky Lynch, Britt Baker, Trinity, Fatu over in Impact. Um, she's better than all of these people. Yeah, Bianca. Bianca is good. I like Bianca a lot. She's better than Bianca Belair. She's better than Bianca Belair. What about uh, Tony? What about Tony Storm? That's a, that's a that Tony was, and Jamie you know, are are kind of the modern day. If you're looking for a modern comp, you know what? That's it. You nailed it. If people are like, "Who the fuck is this Judy Martin?" Think Tony Storm or Jamie Hader? That's her style. She'll rip your fucking hair out, and then it, it, Jamie Hader is the best comp possible because Jamie Hader looks like she's hurting people, and Judy Martin looked like she was hurting people. So it's like. Is she a top five WWF worker? All right, well, we did the exercise. Do you think she's closer to top five than you thought she was when I posed the question? Uh, yes, yeah. The, the, a few other people that I'd throw out there, you can – Greg Van, Valentine. I'm, I've never been a big Greg the Hammer Valentine guy. Here's my wanna... problem with Valentine. Everything after he lost the Intercontinental title was lazy dog shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Most of the stuff that so, I remember is lazy dog shit. So, Yeah, uh, like you want to talk about Valentine from, from like when he was Intercontinental champion? Great wrestler. You want to talk about Valentine versus Backlund and stuff like that? Okay. But the problem is, again, Martin has the whole decade. Valentine's stuff on the back half of the decade is atrocious. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst shit. Yeah. Who else? Uh, the other people, real quick, uh, Jake Roberts, you could, but I, he was more aura, vibes, promos. The work itself, Cerebral. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't no, know if the work it's, itself is is what we're I talking mean, I, about. I could, the actual bell to bell, you know, that sort of stuff. At that point, Jake Roberts realized that that he didn't need to be because his mitts and even his mitts out stuff's not like bell to bell. He's just he's he's he gets it. He gets the wrestling game, but he's not necessarily he never. Yeah, I mean, he was never known for great matches. No, no, not a like, super worker. Again, who has more great matches? It's not even close. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it, it's shooting for sure. Um. You know the Hulk Hogan thing is like we, you know, everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, Hogan's everybody listening should know one. what we're talking about here. But it's yeah, it, it's Hogan's an interesting one. But the, the Hogan could have been because if you watch his stuff from New Japan and the AWA, it's you know he knew he worked in the way he knew he could work in the WWF, and as a result, his matches were very much the same formula. So no, I you know, to take the question seriously, I, you know, I'm watching the Judy Martin comp tape and not the Hogan comp tape from '80s WWF. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I was loved. I don't know. I don't know if you had the similar thing that I did. Like there was a period where everybody was doing like that. Yeah, you know, Hulk Hogan. If you see him work in Japan, it's like really good or whatever. And then I watched like his matches in like SWS or whatever, and like 
you know, he, he would do like a drop to hold. Like his early New Japan stuff and his early AWA stuff is different. You know what I mean? Like that's like, yeah. but then you'd and go and good. watch like his 19, like he'd pop up in Japan every so often in, you know, the 90s or whatever. And he would do like a drop to hold. And people were like, look, see, he knows how to work. And it's like, all right, he did a drop to hold. Like it's, it's fine. Chill out. Yeah. Because he knew he had to do that stuff in Japan. Yeah. But by then he, he had, he didn't have any athleticism left. So it was funny watching him do it. And it was still I'll terrible because we were like, you know, he really tries when he goes to New Japan. And then you'd watch and he's just like, does the slowest drop to hold you've ever seen in your life. And then like, does a go behind? And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, but it's, I appreciate that he went there and realized, ah, fuck, I gotta, I gotta try a little bit here. I can't just do my old shit. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't over. But I, I, I always appreciated about him that he knew if he, he, he went there. But I always like, I always thought like, oh man, I'm gonna watch like the super worker here in New Japan. And then I'd watch his matches and I'm like, ah, he's just Hulk Hogan, but he did like. Well, no, no, no. You gotta watch like 82. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, you do like um, an arm ring, and people are like, I don't know, look at him in New Japan, <laughs> he's a different animal. And I'm like, all right, all right, calm down. No, not 90, yeah, right, whatever right. his SWS and his like, oh, no. I'm leaving, you know, American wrestling and going back to New Japan, brother. Like that, that stuff is, yeah, yeah, yeah the Hanson match, things like that. Um, I'll throw one at you, Coco Ware. Ooh, see, but WWF, no. Yeah, this is strictly. Yeah, if it's 80s, WWF, no. Strictly that decade and strictly WWF. You're going with Judy Martin. I'm going Judy Martin over over. Yeah, I love. He wasn't. If, we're, if a, we're talking, yeah, we're talking other. If I could take Coco where other, I might his career. Yeah, you take his career. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. taking him for uh, no. That, it's like Steamboat. You take Steamboat's career. Oh, in an oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I want people to understand what we're talking about. Like this is a specific decade and company. This kind of thing like DVDVR or PWO used to do. You know, like we're looking at a decade in one company and then nothing else counts. Um, Adrian Adonis. Uh, nah. He got bad fast when he. Yeah, it was real fast. And again, there's nothing. He didn't get the, he didn't get the chances really. Like what, what, what chances did he have to, I mean, if he went out there and started trying to be a worker, like they, no point in doing that. Again, he was a great worker, and it's unfortunate that people might only remember when he was 400 pounds doing the gimmick, but I can't take his decade over Judy Martin's in that company. I can't do it. Um, are we forgetting anyone obvious? I don't know. I think we covered just about, I, at least to me, I think I covered everybody. Maybe maybe some guys from the early, I mean, we mentioned Slaughter, Backlund, Valentine. I don't like that. I, I, Patterson. I don't, I don't, the bell to bell of like the early 80s WF does nothing for me. It's so. really bad, but those guys were good. I can't knock. And now you didn't like Backlund as much as a lot of people, but I, I do appreciate Backlund. Yeah. If, if you're a Backlund really guy, you could definitely put him. I guess you could put like as a tag team if you wanted like the Killer Bees or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, that's. Yeah. No, the, the Killer Bees guys, they didn't get enough opportunities outside the team. But again, to be fair, most of the, Without the Glamour Girls, we're not having this discussion. Let's be right. honest. So, you know, um, trying to think. I feel like we might be missing someone from the early 80s. But I, oh, you know, with Kurt Henning, we didn't consider his early 80s WWE uh, stuff. Yeah, but, that was, but he's still, but that, he's, he's a like a, he's a baby I mean, then, man. He, he doesn't know what he's doing then. 1981. He's, he's in prelim matches yeah. in six minutes. No, that was not count. You know, against like baby Eddie Gilbert. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, those matches rule. Yeah. I mean, they don't rule. They rule in like the the standpoint of like, oh my god, it's like young, fiery WWF babyface Eddie Gilbert versus Kurt Hennig. Yeah. You know, it's like what? Um, it's this alternative universe where these two guys are in the WWF. Not as so Mr. Perfect, and not as Eddie Gilbert as the Eddie Gilbert you know him as. He's like fiery babyface Eddie Gilbert. They even looked alike. When they were, you know, 20 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. The same hair, the same, like, kind of, yeah. Someone brings up Owen Hart. Grant Akuma. Grant Akuma brought up Owen Hart. That's, yeah, you know, Akuma that comes from a, a place of uh, expertise. I don't know. What do you think? He's, like, just Probably 80. He's just 88 and 89, though, at that. Or just even 88, right? Because he, he only did the little bit of time there, right? I think he, was, I think he left in it. Didn't he leave in 89? I want to say he came in 88 and then left in 89. So... Or maybe he was just there. No, any... no, you know what? No, I think he was just there in. No, you're right. Just eighty nine. Came in eight. Didn't he come in late eighty eight? Maybe. Or no. Maybe it was late eighty eight. I know for a fact it was eighty nine, but I don't know how much longer. We're talking maybe not even a year. Right. Right. The the, the brief, 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 blue blazer run before he left, went to WCW, and then came back. Obviously, a couple years later. But yeah, we're talking. I don't know, a couple months maybe. Maybe a yeah, half of a year. A, I don't even think a full year. How can I put him over someone who was there the whole decade? Because, um, I, I mean, look at. Listen, I'm gonna read you the. Re- I'm gonna read you the rest of this card. This was undoubtedly the best match <laughs> on this card. <laughs> sure, yeah, 1985 for sure. Yeah, go. Steve Lombardi defeats Jack Armstrong. Armstrong was had to be fucking fifty years old. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful. Young. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Um, you know, but they, oh, you you just hold on to your fucking hat, sir. George Steele defeats Moondog Spot oh. in four minutes. <laughs> this one's I can't. I, old WWF sucks, man. I hate watching so bad. the loose ropes. The ropes are so loose, and oh, I hate it. I hate it all, man. Now I I love the shows for other reasons. Yeah. Really, oh I'm no, no, you can't. For... You got to like them for. You got to go in going. I'm watching old WWF for blank. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to. Go go to Jim Crockett Promotions in uh, 1985 if you want to see some work, but not right. not you're not watching that in the WWE. Compare this card to a show the same day in in Charlotte. Um, Randy Savage defeats S D Jones. Well, that started off well, but then we got old S D yeah. Jones there. Well, so, yeah, uh, that'd be that'd be quite the accomplishment if uh, if Randy could get something out of that. But yeah, there's a chance that was better, but it probably wasn't. Um, I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> Adrian Adonis. Pre-adorable. Well, kind of in between. 85. It was the Relax with Trudy era. Um, defeats Swede Hansen. We could throw that one out. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know that wasn't good. So, The Missing Link defeats Tony Gurria oh. in three minutes. Oh, oh my no. God. That, I guarantee that's negative stars. <laughs> that's so bad. Missing Link and then Tony Gurria with his big fucking hair. <laughs> All old Tony and shit. He's 50 by then. Yeah, he's so old. I can't. 1985 Tony Gurria. I love right, that hair. I love Tony Gurria hair. He kept that hair, man, yeah, until I hope he like yeah. he kept that hair yeah. until all the way into like the 2000s, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's you know, he's still alive, right? Tony Gurria is still with us. Yes, he is. Okay, and good for blocking him. people on Twitter. Is he blocking guys on Twitter? Good for him. Yeah, you, you mentioned him. He blocked you. He's, good. He's got the right idea. Yeah, that's the best way to use Twitter. Um, Junkyard Dog defeats Greg Valentine via countout for the Intercontinental <laughs> title. Now, Dog was shot. Yeah. The minute he walked into the company, he was shot. 
Um, okay. All right. How about this one? Try this one on for size, right. Rich. It might be our only contender, honestly. Lanny Poffo defeats Barry O. Okay. In 12 minutes. Okay. Okay. Probably not, but I like I like some Barry O. I like some Barry O. So. I'm... Nikolai Volkov. Oh, no. <laughs> Already Can I stop no. right now? Yeah, stop. Move on. <laughs> I don't even who was he against? It doesn't matter. Who was he against? It was Volkov and Sheik. Okay, no, I know that wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) See, I would have saved you some time. (laughs) (laughs) Nikolai Volkov. Unless it's Luthez and Ric Flair on the other side of this. (laughs) Uh, Volkov and Sheik. Defeat Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo to retain. Okay, yeah, no, no, that wasn't that wasn't good. Man, you got Volkov, you got Sheik without Slaughter, and you've got Mike Rotundo. <laughs> it sounds now, I'm falling asleep thinking about that match. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Rotundo stinks, man. God. Oh, he's the shits. Is there a worse family than the Rotundos? <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah, there, right down to all of them. Yeah. You I'm serious. Is there a worse family than the Rotundos? Yeah, JoJo's a bad ring announcer. Uh <laughs> Bray Wyatt stinks. Bo, Bo Dallas, Dallas might stinks. be the best of the crew, and that's not saying he much. He might be the best. Then we had Desiree Peterson and Judy Martin, and the main event was Hulk Hogan defeats Big John Stud by count out in 13 minutes. <laughs> no, I know that wasn't better. And Big John Stud fucking stunk. Yeah, he so, was terrible. That's the I guarantee you that's the best match on the show. Lock it in. Yeah. For sure. There's no way. The only what was our only other contender? Barry O and, and Lanny Poffo was our only other contender. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Randy Savage got something out of SD Jones. Maybe. That's it. Think of it this way. On the house shows that Judy Martin worked, and she worked a lot of them. I would be willing to bet. Let me think about this a second. Bare minimum. The floor. 50% of the house shows she worked in that decade in that company, she was in the best match. Does that sound preposterous or fair? Um, it Honestly, probably not. It might be coming into the – once you started getting the late 80s and the standard kind of got up a little bit, the, from whenever until like 1986 for sure. By no, 87, thing, 88, 89. But – those were the glamour girl jumping bomb angel. Right, matches. right. So they were out there delivering. You're right. I think there's a chance she was in the on the best match on the show at least 50% of the time. I could buy it. Yeah. I, I'm a Judy Martin super fan. You are? There it is. We just did they an hour. S- they say I don't like the women's wrestling. Uh-uh-uh. I say nay. I don't like bad wrestling. I don't care if you're a woman or a man. Judy Martin rocks. There it is. Okay? I, I, I got to tell you. I think she's top five of the decade. I won't argue hard if you throw some of these other people ahead of her. But, but I got to tell you, if you don't have her in the top ten, I think you're out to lunch. Is that fair? Oh, top ten, no, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. She has to be. She, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's if if you want to go top ten, then we're adding like your Orndorfs 
and your steamboats. Like, because, yeah, then we're adding a bunch of the guys that we were like, oh, we're kind of on the on the fence about those guys. Then we can add Poffo, we can add Orndorff, we can add Steamboat. Easily top 10. Easily, easily, easily top 10. In 81 through about 84-ish, okay, she was part-time. By 85 and then through the end of the decade, she was all over these fucking house shows. I mean... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think she's got to be top 10's a lock. I would have her in my top five. That nobody expected this. No. Well, <laughs> Judy Martin show. I don't want to talk about this other shit. So. No, the rest of wrestling kind of kind of stinks right now. So I, I'm going to have some... Uh, I will. Uh, speaking of the women's uh, wrestling game, I'm going to have some uh, some stardom wrecks for you. Next week, all right? Oh, sure. I got a few. I'm, you know I'm, me. No, you know me. Every time I recommend yeah. one to you, you always end up liking it. Yeah, yeah. You're going to go. Yeah, everybody so else is going to. If you ask other behind. people for their five-star Grand Prix thing, they're going to give it 24 matches and say, actually, I would just watch everything. You know, I would watch every show. I'd watch the, oh, the, the, the first show, and then I'd watch you know these other nine matches. I'm just going to give you one or two. I'm compiling the list right now, going through that. I, I think... There's a few you got to watch that I know will 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 work for your sensibilities. All right. I one mean, of the matches. I don't know when I can get to them. One of the matches is, is unfortunate because it's very good, but one of the women has a tail. So uh, <laughs> I know that I, I that is on the. I have a list here. I have a couple matches, and then I have a line. I said it, it says recommend question mark has tail. So I don't know if I can recommend a match where one of the you know I've seen has I've a seen tail, the girl so. with the tail. I've seen the no, no, this is tail. stardom. I think you're thinking of the uh, there, there's a oh, Tokyo no, Joshi a, Pro. There's, there's there's two with a tail. It's just a fuzzy tail. It's a small tail. No, you're thinking of like the one person that's got like the whole like it's like a flying spider tail or the, whatever. The, the yeah. girl I saw. No, that's Tokyo Joshi Pro, the one with the big tail. She got a long tail. It's like the Tanuki. Like... It's like the uh, the Tanuki tail. Yeah, that's the one you're thinking of. What the fuck is a Tanuki? <laughs> the Tanuki got... Mario. You know Tanuki Mario. She got the long tail, and she's got boots that look like paws, furry paws. <laughs> right. You know, t- you played Super Mario three, right? Or were you oh, only yeah, yeah. playing Tecmo Super okay, Bowl? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. When he, when you could fly as Mario, and he was like kind of the. You could do that now in the Mario Super Mario World or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I play that almost every day. That's a great. That's a great game. Um, that that blew some people's minds. Every um, day, huh? Well, I play with the kids. You know, they love that game. So. I regale them with tales of Super Mario Brothers past. They, you know, you, they, you, they do was... you have any of them? Play them. They'll, they'll they'll pick them up. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I show them the YouTube videos and one might you know, be one's weird. I, two is fucking bizarre. Yeah, I don't know if you can have a kid play two, but three they could easily no, no, play. No, no, no. Super Mario, like Super Mario Brothers, the one that came with the Nintendo, they could pick that up tomorrow and and play that. It's the same as the one they're playing now. Right, right, right. Just, I just wondered they if it watched... didn't have enough spark to it, if it didn't have enough pizzazz for them. Yeah, I don't know. They hear the theme and they come running from the other room. Like they, it's a, that, the Mario songs are like crack to children. They just, you know. But um, I play the YouTube videos, and th- what they're taken back by is how short the levels are. And honestly, if you haven't played them in a while, oh, like, they they're right. Like I, the, the, I, the other, like... there was a time last summer. 
it was a day I wasn't doing anything. And like they have the, the on the Switch, they have like the you know the retro systems or whatever. You have the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo yeah. and the Gen. So I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna try to beat all the old Super Mario games or whatever. So I picked up and I, I started at number one, Super Mario Brothers. Went all right, let's do this. I beat the game in like an hour and a half. And I was like, this took like as a child, this took me like all summer, man. I was like, all right, that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna beat Super Mario. I just did it. It was just like an hour and a half, and it wasn't. I was like, oh, all right, it wasn't that long. Listen, okay. Listen to the humble bragger over no, here. No, it's not that long of a game. It's not that long of a game. Yeah, why don't you do the speed runs where they beat it in like 38 oh, seconds? Oh, no, fuck that shit. Yeah, well, they're also hacking it. Those. Have you ever seen some of the speed runs? Yeah, they're like, uh, oh, it's kind of cheap shit. They're like, oh, I just turn around and walk through the wall here, and then the game's over. Right. I'm like, that doesn't yeah. count. <laughs> like, that's There's a brick this. you can jump through where yeah. the game doesn't register. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. the whole thing crashes, and then it says game over. And I'm like, fuck off. That's not winning the game. Yeah, yeah. And they stop the clock like at certain time. It's, yeah, it's yeah. real. So fuck off with that it's, stuff. Yeah. 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 I now, I will say that the, the thing that does help with the, uh, the, the Switch is they have like safe states. So you can like. If you know you're about to, uh, you know, get killed, you can go to the safe state or whatever. So it's, it, it, you're cheating a little bit there. Like in the yeah, old days, you died, you like died. You know what I mean? You fucking died. You were done. Well, you know what these fucking kids do on the 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 the, the, the one on the Switch, this uh, the Super Mario World, fucking whatever it's called, Odyssey. I believe it's Mario Odyssey, right? No, 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 not no, Odyssey. no, no. That's right. Um, it's not Odyssey. Super, uh, what the what? Thing <laughs> so you sure it's, it's, well odyssey is the one that came out a couple years ago that's not the one they're playing it's not odyssey it's super mario hold on, hold on. Super um, oh uh, super mario brothers u it okay. plays super mario brothers u deluxe that's okay. the one they have. okay so get them odyssey um, what are you doing get them odyssey what are they playing this old ass game for that's a re-release man five years old ah, nah, they, give, give them odyssey they can you they can do they, odyssey they, well no they can't i'm gonna tell you why because you know what these fuckers do on this game like, if, if if they they'll try a level three or four times, and then they'll do the gimmick where you can press the button, and then Luigi comes in and just does it for you. Oh, what? And then, <laughs> yeah, like if you fail, oh, three no. or four times. Back in my yeah, day, the, the game gives you the option that says, like, if you click the button, it's called user guide or something, and then. Mary, and then Luigi comes on the screen and shows you how to finish the level. Oh, get out of here! And then when he's done with that. You can then take that knowledge and try again, or press another button and just skip it, like like Luigi did it for you. Can you believe that? What shit? are we doing to our children? What is this? Yeah. So the boy the other day, he's like, because you know, they're amazed at my skills. They don't understand I've been playing these Mario games for fucking thirty five years or whatever it is. So I'm way ahead of them, and then I stop playing for a while and try to let them catch up to me. The boy comes in, he's bragging. He's like, I'm past you now. I'm past you now. I'm like, oh, great job. Let's go see. Then he admitted that on half <laughs> yeah, the levels. Yeah, he can't do it. Yeah, he can't fucking do it. Yeah, he can't beat the fucking, the the, the King Koopa gimmick at the end of the level. So he's just, pre- he's letting Luigi do it. Oh, man. And I'm like, this is some bullshit. And on that game, you can cheat like a motherfucker. Because you could just go into one of the pipes. And it shoots you back to the, like, the first level, the pipe. And then you could just go collect the one ups by getting go like getting all the coins or go redoing the fucking toad houses. You see what I'm saying? And you can just collect the fucking one ups, and they go into these levels with like fucking forty lives, and they still can't beat it. And they let Luigi do it. It's such <laughs> I bullshit. Am, that I am even... disgusted. That should not. When even I was be their age, I was losing at Super Mario World, but I was learning little by it's little. Try and die. Yeah. Try and die. 
This is bullshit. And then when I was 36, I could beat it very easily because of what I learned when I was five. Yes. This is horse shit. So that's, uh, yeah, anyway, that's a big thing in this house. We love that fucking game. But uh, that was a good one. What the hell were we even talking about? I don't know. Wrestling. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Do we have to go back to wrestling? Not really. <laughs> It's the only thing that keeps him from the fucking Minecraft and Roblox. Yeah, I was so, gonna say I thought he was know. he was he was locked in on on the the building games, but I guess. Well, okay. I took him to Best Buy and he played the demo for Kirby. Okay, so Kirby's fun. He really he loved it and he wants it, so I'm gonna surprise him with it one day. Nice, when I pick yeah. Him up from school eats everything, um, gets fat, flies. Kirby's fun. Yeah. yeah. So so him and Adam Cole are gonna play Kirby, <laughs> and um, I'm gonna get him I the love Kirby that game so much. Yeah. Oh Kirby, do you ever get full? That's one of the best memes. I've <laughs> that, ever I don't seen. know who did that. It's just, I don't know who created yeah. that that graphic. For people that have not seen it, it, it came out around Brawl Out, and it's like you know CM Punk and the Elite and Kenny Omega and everybody fighting, and it's like a there's like a dust cloud behind them. You know what I mean? Like a, a like a cartoon dust cloud of all those guys fighting, and yeah. then it's Adam Cole on his switch is going, "Oh Kirby, do you ever get full?" <laughs> yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's so good. Um, <laughs> The one thing with these kids, and I got to teach them this, when they get to like the Koopa guy at the end, the Koopa gimmick at the end, they they get to these, they don't understand. Like once you jump on his head twice, right? You don't have to be meticulous anymore. You can you can eat the L and let him hit you, and then when you're invisible and for those three seconds, then you can get him the third time. And I I try to explain this to these kids, and they you you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah that, I got you. They don't get that. Like <laughs> I'm like, look, before you go into this dungeon. You gotta go into your items. You gotta you gotta eat the fucking mushroom to be super. Then you gotta eat the tail. Get what do you call it? The tandoori. Uh, the tanuki. The tanuki. The tanuki. You gotta eat the fucking tail gimmick. Get all the power ups. So when you face him, you can eat a couple L's, and then while you're fucking invincible, you get the cheap hits. On. They cannot. It's in you should. It's infuriating watching a five. <laughs> I can try only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know how we got from Judy Martin to here. Because uh, I was oh. talking about Stardom Rex, and then I mentioned that I wasn't yes, going to wreck you a tail. match because the woman had a tail, and then we got into the Tanuki tail, which is this. It's not It's not yeah. as long of a tail. It's just a small little, like, kind of rabbity tail. So I don't know. Well, that it's, sounds it, awful. It's, and... it's, it's, it's below the line. I will tell you that. it is. I have a line, and it is below that because I did not think the tail. I, I think Does even she... if the match was good, the tail would, would throw you off. Also, I think, I think it's Mayu Iwatani, and you didn't like her because the one time she had, like, a hoodie on or whatever. Remember, she came out to challenge Mercedes, and she wore a hoodie, oh, and you right? were like, what oh, the fuck like, is that like shit? Her... What the fuck is she doing here? <laughs> like... Yeah, she looked like shit. Act like, like you belong. Act like you want to be here. <laughs> like... Yeah, I mean, seriously. Um, Does she scream a lot and do nothing but meteors? <laughs> no, no, there, there was a lot more than meteors. Okay. So there's a lot of them Joshi. They just yeah, no, 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 no. There's a Julia yeah. match. I think is uh, is worth your time. I'm gonna rec- recommend that one to you. So I'll watch the Julia. I'll watch the Julia. See, I'll uh, yeah, you like the yeah, the Julia works. She's all right. I mean, obviously overrated, like all of them are. But she's all right. <laughs> she's yeah. Know? This match is good. This one's good. I mean, every one of them is overrated. Let's be honest. Can I just shoot finally on Ash, this? Fuck it. Let's do it live. Go. Every Joshi is overrated. They overrate every one of them. Like, if they tell you a Joshi is, okay, if they say, oh, this Joshi is one of the 10 best wrestlers in the world, she's really one of the 50 best. If they're like, oh, this Joshi is really good, she's like, okay. 
if if they're like, oh, this Joshi's kind of average, she's the fucking shits. Like, it's always less than what the fans say because they always overrate the Joshi. Like every fucking time, you know. Like they'll be like, oh, Joe, you got to watch this. It's four and three quarters. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh, I liked it, but I went three and a half. Yeah, it's just it's always a little less than you think, and that's because they're passionate fans. I understand. When you're when you're wrapped up in something and invested in it, it's always a little better to you. We're, we're currently dealing with that. We uh, we rolled out the uh, VOW thirty under thirty uh, project. I I did not vote in. You did not vote in. It was kind of a project of other people uh, on on Voices of Wrestling that, that that are doing it. So we posted it, and yeah, the Joshi fans are not happy with it. And 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 Robin Reed, uh, who who was a, a panelist. Uh, summed it up perfectly by saying, "Very interesting to find out that we should have, in fact, had 32 Joshi wrestlers in our top 30." Yes, <laughs> which I yeah, got a hearty I, laugh at when he said that. I was like, "I am stunned! I am stunned to find out that the Joshi fans are the ones that are upset." <laughs> Even though stunned. there's like 15 Joshi wrestlers in this top 30, there's so many of them. You know, like, you know the only group of fans. <laughs> calm down, really it's okay. Should, the only group of fans that really ever have a right to be angry about this kind of shit are lucha fans they're the only ones because lucha is the style of wrestling the subset whatever you want to call that gets unfairly oh absolutely i don't want to yeah that doesn't i don't want to say shit on because it's not that it's like no, it's, nobody talks never about it gets find another fucking podcast that talks about cmll the way that we talked about it yesterday never or last week last week never gets its due by the way caught up on the cmll a lot of good stuff there See? Fucking great. I was talking to someone earlier this week, another super nerd like us, and we were just talking about how... Yeah, speak for like, yourself. Come on. There's definitely a ceiling on these CMLL matches. Like, I don't think any of them are matched year contenders. But it's almost like taking a break and just watching... I don't know if simple's the right word, but just wrestling the way like you remember it almost like just here's a heel here's a baby face they're gonna do an angle they're gonna have a match next week and they're gonna settle this thing or it's gonna continue on you know what i mean it's like they don't they're not trying to reinvent the wheel it's logical a b to c when it's good it's really good and like anything else when it's when it's the shits it sucks i mean there's plenty of shit you know but you learn what to not watch you, you watch enough of anything you know what to skip and you know who to skip. But, uh, all right. You give me these stardom wrecks next week. I'll, I'll do it I, next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm working my way through the five-star Grand Prix. I, I'll give you a few. I'm not going to give you too many. I, they're a very a very selective grouping of matches that I think you'll enjoy. I'm so behind on July. I don't know when I'm going to get to oh, them. Oh, yeah. These are like August. Oh, the, some of these are July. Yeah, some of these are July. Yeah, well, that's good because I need to watch the rest of the July stuff anyway. Um, that Anything notable. But, um, man, the G1 fucked me up. I've been keeping up so well, you know, to write that monthly column. And the G1 just. Oh, yeah. You're, you're mid-August I, at this point. <laughs> you're not close. All my, yeah. time, all my time went to the, the 19 G1 shows. So um, I'm all fucked up now. Anyway, um, what's next on the docket here? <laughs> you want to talk about bad American wrestling now? Sure. All sucks. Um, anyway, <laughs> AW, uh, CM Punk uh, had quite the uh, busy week uh, this week, if you say so, Joe. Uh, try to give the timeline here of everything that happened. So, okay. This started, I believe, Essie Scoops was the first with this one that both Adam Page, Hangman Page, and Ryan Nemeth 
were blocked from appearing at a collision show on Saturday by CM Punk, despite them obviously having, you know, Paige was supposed to do a, a, a pre-tape there. And I think Nemeth wasn't it he was supposed to have a match, I think, and they ended up moving that. I forget exactly what he was supposed to do. But that that's that's where the timeline started. There's a report that Hangman Page, you know, showed up to the arena, was told to go. Ryan Nemeth showed up to the arena, was told to go. Now <laughs> trying to follow the timeline here a little bit. So then at one point, I forget how, I think Tony Khan was asked a question about it. I don't know what the hell he was talked on. What what was he? Some pod, he was on some fucking podcast, and never, it never our show. I don't think he'll ever come on our show. And somebody asked him about it, and he said that it was called the Battleground Podcast. I wanted to make sure I got it right. The Battleground Podcast. Uh, somebody asked them, the host there asked him uh, about Paige and Nemeth being blocked from the shows, and he said no comment. So he did not follow up on that. He didn't say anything. You then behind our Patreon, flagshippatreon.com, and, and and feel free to jump in if I have the timeline wrong at any point. Reported that Punk himself told a source that yes. I blocked several wrestlers from appearing at the show. So not denying that he he blocked Ryan Nemeth, not denying the other people that we're going to talk about in a he, little bit here. He, he Okay, he he 100% admits that he was responsible for Nemeth and Christopher Daniels not being in the building. Right, and, and Matt Hardy as well? Was that the other one in there? No, or just, okay, just, so Nemeth, just Nemeth and Daniels. Nemeth and Daniels. He is denying he had anything to do with Hangman Page not being there. Right, and that that you also said that as well that he denied that he had done it. Now, I and he's think... denying that he had anything to do with Matt Hardy. Not this week, but at a different time. <laughs> Hardy was booked for Collision one week, and then called and told not to come. And people think Punk was behind that because Punk and Matt Hardy do not get along. No, and that got looped into one of the reports. I think maybe Fightful this week and punk also denies having anything to do with removing Matt Hardy from that particular booking and the Isaiah Cassidy thing. I didn't get anyone. I wasn't able to get anybody to comment on Isaiah Cassidy. My personal theory on Cassidy is Cassidy was booked with Hardy. And if they decided they didn't want Hardy there anymore, what's the point of bringing in Cassidy? Cause they were probably doing whatever they were probably doing the same thing. Right. Because they're linked in the storyline. So that's just my personal, that's just me using common sense, though. But no, he freely admits he didn't want Nemeth or Daniels there. Okay. So that then, yeah, that, 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 those are the other, without getting into the full blow by blow timeline, essentially this week it came out that, you know, he, he had blocked Nemeth from, from arriving at the uh, arena. Everybody kind of agrees with that. That's fine. Like I said, SC Scoop started with that Hangman Page was blocked from appearing at collision, but you were, you confirmed through sources that punk is saying I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Now other people are saying he's lying. He did have something to do with it. So this is kind of a, he said, she said thing at right. But yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's telling people he had nothing to do with hangman being not coming to the building. Okay. Other people say that that's not true. And they think that he did. So, one thing people have to understand is when I report something or when anyone reports something, it doesn't mean I'm co-signing when I'm reporting. I'm just telling you what I'm told. And I, all I'm telling you is that Punk is telling people he had nothing to do with Hangman being thrown out of the building. It's up to you to decide whether that's true. Or I don't I don't know. Right. I, I think that so, that's an important distinction to make because I think a lot of people lose sight of that when 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 yeah, reporting they get mad is at done. Me. Like I'm saying right. Punk didn't do it. I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying that. 
I'm saying Punk is telling people. I'm telling you that Punk is telling people. Yeah, the exact words in your in your post were sources. <laughs> yeah, sources close to Punk said that Punk said that he didn't do that. So it's like, yeah, yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to. It, it's not you saying, hey, I, you know, here's the real story. Punk didn't kick that guy out. You're saying Punk says he didn't kick that guy out. Yeah, if you a decide. I report. Covers, you decide. <laughs> yeah, if a reporter who covers a baseball team says. The GM says he never tried to trade the star center fielder. That's not the reporter saying he thinks that that's true. He's telling you what the GM is saying. You see what I'm saying? And it's like a lot of people, not a lot of people, but there's people like in the Discord who get mad at me. And they're like, oh, hey, look at you doing punks. I'm like, I'm just telling you what people tell me. I, you know, I'm not co-signing any of this. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so then obviously then there's the... It started a firestorm of well, actually, Matt Hardy once got sent home, and then, then like you said, right, the Matt Hardy, right. the Isaiah Cassidy not, thing, was, I don't know. yeah, and then the Christopher it's Daniels thing that came out, and 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 you confirmed again that that yes, Punk is saying no, I did t- kick that guy and tell me can come, yes, <laughs> which caused some other people to say, wait, hold on a minute, isn't that guy the head of talent relations? Like, isn't he? Isn't that part yes, of his job to be there? And him beginning kicked right. out by CM Punk, that seems kind of weird, right? And everybody could probably agree yeah that does seem a little weird but those guys yeah. fucking hate each other so it's not that weird that funk would say hit the fucking bricks pal and and daniels is so I... a couple things <laughs> god damn it <laughs> a couple things uh, let me jump in and save you yeah yeah number one i'm not sure people kind of understood the scope of what punk does at collision week to week until all of this broke this week so let me lay it out. CM Punk does not book Collision. I've not had a single person tell me that CM Punk is Collision's booker. Okay, Tony Khan is the booker. CM Punk is extremely hands-on at Collision. He's a massive star, so does he, like, essentially book his own shit? Yes. He's hardly the only one in that company or others. Okay? He's a big star, so he he has he has a huge hand in his own direction. And Tony Khan lets him do a lot of things he wants to do. Not all of them. We'll get to that. Um, but it's not just with his own stuff. Punk is very much into collision and taking ownership of it as since he's banned from the other show, he sees this as like his thing. He's like, all right, well, let's do something different. Make this different yeah. than Dynamite. And he's right. And, and Tony that's a Khan's smart, on board that's a smart strategy. That. Yeah, it's smart and he's yeah, right. Yeah, and everyone's right about it. They should make it different than Dynamite. So he's very hands-on with producing. He's like an unofficial producer. He doesn't have a title. But he's, he's you know, with all the key angles and matches, he's got his hands in it. Um so real you quick know, before people say, that you, he's banned from Dynamite. He was on Dynamite, Joe, you idiot. It's Well, he's still, I mean... He was on Dynamite in a week where the elite weren't there, and right. Tony Khan took advantage of that and put him on Dynamite in Chicago. They're seg- yeah, in Chicago, and they're still all segregated from each other. If there's another week where the elite have off, I, it's a good chance that Tony Khan's going to take advantage of that and put CM Punk on Dynamite to pop a quarter hour. Okay, um, it's not a hard brand split, although it's starting to get. <laughs> um, it's getting harder. Hard, it's getting. It's, it's, it's not cooling. a hard brand split it's in cooling. the sense that people. It's not in the sense that people are assigned to fucking brands like in WWE. It's it's more these two camps just can't be around each other. Um, and, you know, did Punk 
have a hand in handpicking some of the people that have been featured on Collision? Absolutely. Um, so does he help produce things? Does he contribute to all of the angle? Yes, he does all those. He's extremely hands-on with the show, but he's a big star. And those are the powers that big stars get in pro wrestling. Um, you know, it, it, it's like, I, I don't know where I can go and where I can't go. I have to be careful. But, you know, it's it's not all that different than what's going on on the other show with MJF. That guy writes his, he, he, this is well known. I'm not even spilling any beans here. That guy is in total control of everything he does. Writes his own angles, writes his own storylines, approves and disapproves things. Why? Because he's a big fucking star. Right. Well, Chris Jericho. And that's from, how from day wrestling one works. In, in that company. Chris Jericho's had a, a modicum of power to kind of, you know, not, not fully. A modicum? Ru- yeah, a lot he of fucking, power. <laughs> yeah, maybe he more could, than He's another one. And, and it isn't, and Roman Reigns. Yeah, we talked about it last Roman week. Reigns, Ro- yeah, Roman Reigns decides when Roman Reigns loses his title. Make no mistake. And this is no different than what pro wrestling has been for decades. Okay? And I'm not trying to downplay some of the shit that Punk's pulling. That's up for people to decide. But I will say this. I will say this. If MJF or Roman Reigns didn't want a prelim wrestler around, they wouldn't be around, Rich. They wouldn't be around. If MJF didn't want Christopher Daniels around him, he wouldn't be around him. Now, what you can say is Punk's the only one wielding that power. You can say that, because as far as I know, I don't know anybody else in AEW who's specifically saying, keep people away from me, but I bet you there are cases. Right, right. Because a lot right. of people in that locker room don't like each other. I will, I will say and- the idea of... The people being sent to the building and then being sent away, I think is pr- shitty. No that doubt. I think that's the part, at least the way that I see it. I don't know if other people think the same thing. Like, but you, like you said, if MJF said, "Hey, I don't like you know Josh Woods," <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just yeah. throwing names out here. I'm not. I I have no idea if the I have no idea what those guys. But like, if he just said, "Hey, I don't like Josh Woods," he told Tony, "I don't like Josh Woods. Get him away from me." There's a good chance that. Tony would hopefully, in a, in, a, in, a, in a right situation, just try to keep those guys apart from each other the best he can, but wouldn't send Josh Woods to shows and let MJF say, hey, what is Josh doing here? Get him out of here. And then say, all right, sorry, Josh, you got to go. That's the part I that's could, like, okay, this is a little. I could, give you, I could give you examples of star pro wrestlers getting people fired. Oh, for sure. Several. I mean, this is nothing new. You know, Magic Johnson got fucking – uh, his head coach fired when he was 22 years old. Why? He's the fucking star. <laughs> I like how you brought up Magic Johnson and not every current star in the NBA who has all gotten their head coaches fired over the yeah. last decade. Yeah. Name how this any, shit works. any star and, in the NBA, they have gotten their coach fired in the last decade. Every single one of them. Yeah, and I do think it, to an extent it gets amplified because it's punk and he's so polarizing and people hate him. Sure. And well, I and, 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 and I, I think the problem too is that if he's doing the, hey, I'm trying to keep everything together, like his, you know, public persona in a lot of ways is that, hey, I'm trying to put the, I'm trying to extend the olive branch. I'm trying to work with these guys. I'm trying to be a good soldier. I'm trying to do all these sort of things. That has sort of been the public face before this week that he's been a good, you know, citizen, a good, you know, and now this week it comes out. Yeah, he's a good citizen as long as this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy aren't around him. And if this guy shows well, up the building, he's going to send him away. And if this guy shows up, true. he's going to send him away. So it does kind of fly in the face of the, hey, I'm being a good guy and trying to work with people. It's like, well, n- 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 are you? 
Yeah, I mean, Punk is always going to be Punk. Yeah, he's Phil as Brooks. Long as he's, <laughs> he's still Phil yeah, Brooks. As yeah. long as he, and as long as he's a star, he's going to be given rope to do those things. I don't, I don't know how many different ways people need to hear that. Do you think that it's some of it is also a case of maybe fans not understanding that that's always how this works? And again, I'm not trying to downplay it. I, I'm really not. But I'm also not particularly stunned by it. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not particularly like super surprised that that kind of no. I mean, happening. dude, think about Hogan and all, right. all, over all the years of Hogan's career. If he didn't like you, you, you weren't lasting that, that company very long. You know what I mean? Like you, were, you weren't sent home. You were just didn't have a job anymore. I mean, he got George Scott fired. He got the Booker fired. You know, it's just like these NBA players who get their coaches fired and. Um. You know, and everyone's going to say I'm softening this, but I'm just trying to be real about it, you know, and the one thing is, and and again, I talk to people who are fucking neutral as fuck. They're not punk camp people. They're not loyal to the elite. These are lunch pail, punching the clock wrestlers. And. There is not, you cannot find a single person who works collision who won't tell you that the atmosphere is tremendous. It's chill, it's laid back, it's a great work environment, and it's not as hectic. That's the, like the term I keep hearing as dynamite. Not that dynamite is a is a disaster or anything, but collision is more, I don't know what what another word would be. I don't know if calm is the right word or organized, maybe. Um, no, definitely not organ. Organization is not a word I'd use for any of these shows. But, <laughs> yeah, not not for um, that company right now. No, just uh, you know, and 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 this you know, and this is from neutral people who couldn't give a fuck. People who, if next week they're told they're going to work dynamite, they're going to shrug their shoulders and get on a plane on Tuesday instead of Thursday. You know, it's and that's a lot of the people in that locker room. They just do what they're told. Um. And there's, you know, a percentage of hardliners on each side who don't want anything to do with the other. The other thing, too, is people, you know, it's almost like, you know, this Christopher Daniels thing, this uh, head of talent relations. And people keep throwing that around like, he threw out the head of talent relations. My God. Can we pump the brakes? He books the jobbers for ROH. Okay, let's let's be real here. He books the jobbers for ROH. And when indie promoters want to book AEW talent, he's the guy who says, ah, listen, Ruby Riot has to win. She she can't lose. That's what he does. And and look, I'm not saying he doesn't have other responsibilities, and I have nothing against the guy, but this idea that Punk threw out like some high-ranking, powerful, he didn't throw Nick Khan out of the fucking room. It, you know what I mean? Like, can we calm down with the uh the head of talent relations? I mean, it's just a title. It's a title. You know, the, the guy books the job or for well, ROH. Let's unfortunately, relax. it seems like a lot of people there seem to have titles that don't mean anything these days. And I think that might yeah, be a I, big I, problem. I, nothing yeah. against Christopher Daniels. Nothing against the guy. I like Christopher Daniels. But they don't like each other. You know, what do you, what do you want from me? They, they, they've, And this goes back before this. Yeah, they have I not liked each other for a very long time. Well, at Forbidden Door, it, Christopher Daniels was one of the people who specifically just avoided punk. Because they were in the building together again for the first time. There's a list of people because it's punk. <laughs> but he was one of the people. <laughs> the list. Okay, so it's like th this was well known, you know that that and, and and punk's whole deal 
and maybe you think this is abuse of power, and maybe you don't. He wants to keep the atmosphere of collision the way it's been. And his mindset, and a wrestler told me this, someone who's been on every collision, told me this. They're aware of, of this stuff, but and, and they don't have an opinion on it. And But their whole thing is, it's like Punk, his heart is in the right place because just, he just doesn't want any bullshit situations on Saturdays. And that's his mind. Now, you might still think that this is an egregious abuse of power. And that's fine. But that's the mindset behind it. It's, all right, this guy might cause a problem. Uh, or uh, or I'm going to want to have to, or whatever. I might want to fucking fight this guy. It's CM Punk. Who knows how he thinks? <laughs> right. You probably should not get your head in, in the, you know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't try to get into the, the, the CM Punk headspace. It's probably not a healthy place for you to be. So, look I, look, I understand why people are worked up by all this. I'm not as worked up as people are. I just... I think this is pro wrestling. Well, hold on. There's and there's one aspect of this that we have not brought up yet that I think we do have to bring up because I don't know that this is exactly pro wrestling. The promo then after collision. Yeah, bad idea. What are we doing now? Well, he's look. <laughs> this guy wants to work a program with these people, and they want nothing to do with him. And he cut a shitty promo. He knows it sucked. He knew it sucked almost immediately. He apologized to the guy. I don't know how Hangman Page took the apology. That I don't know. But I know Punk apologized to him. Um, we broke that. I broke that story. You did. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Um, he apologized to him via text. He botched it. He wanted to make it more kayfabe. And he was mad at himself that he went down the road where it was like business related, selling toys, <laughs> yeah. selling tickets. He didn't, he fucked it up. He wanted it to be kayfabe. He wanted to do something along the lines of, I'm going to give go to sleeps to all these guys. They've got weak chins. I'm going to knock them out. Like all wrestling, kayfabe, canon, in canon shit. Now you could argue he shouldn't be doing that either. Um, it is after the cameras go off, but he knows what he's doing. No, he, he goddamn knows. knows. Yeah, he fucking knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he's aware of that. He wants people to fill. He wants it to fill because he's trying to get these guys to work with him. And <laughs> he's, I, he's failing. I don't think that's <laughs> miserably. Gonna, yeah, yeah. I mean, by telling them, to do them you're not the heart and soul of this company, and you don't sell any fucking merch. Uh, I don't know if that's going to do it. Yeah, I so, don't know if that's going to make them say, "Ah, you know what, <laughs> guys, what are we doing here? Let's come on, let's it's do not this a, thing. <laughs> It's not a good idea. It's going to work people up unnecessarily. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, again, I don't want to come off as a punk. <laughs> no, you can't but, defend this one. This is that's stupid. This is stupid. It's dumb. I said it was dumb, but at the end of the day, how dumb? It's like it's a promo after a show. It bombed the fuck is the big deal like you know like i i can't say this definitively but i don't hangman page probably doesn't give a shit he probably texts the bucks and said ah phil's at it again i'm never wrestling him you know i, I for all i know you know people get wound up like it's gonna destroy the company and look is is all of this untenable probably yes because look at the root of this i don't agree with splitting everything up I think this is going to eventually. Right, we be... said from day one this is a bad idea for your fans, for the wrestlers, for everybody. Yeah, but here we are. 
I wouldn't have created that scenario. And and and, I, and what did I say? Maybe it was last week or the week before when I said, if I'm Tony Khan, one of the first things I do is tell Punk, no more of this collider shit. No more of this, this show versus that show shit. It's destructive. It's bad for the company. It's bad to pit the fans against each other. It's bad. Punk is wrong for that. And I don't understand why Tony allows that. I don't understand why Tony allows a lot of things, but I don't understand why specifically there should be no such thing as this company endorsed idea of colliders versus fusers or whatever the fuck it is. And you've got one of your biggest stars out there encouraging that. It's a horrible idea. And that's to me that that makes the situation untenable. So, um, but at the same time, it's like this drama is not limited to CM Punk. Britt Baker has new heat with someone every 48 seconds. Okay. Um, I can go on, but I want, but it's like, there's a lot going on in this company. And and I'm going to tell people something else. CM Punk is not the most powerful wrestler in that company. And that's, that's what people think. And don't get me wrong. He wields a ton of power on Saturday nights. I mean, no one's higher than him except for Tony Khan. And Tony's going to, you know, do most of the shit Punk wants to do. Most, not all. Punk has been told no plenty. Plenty. And he is not the most powerful person in that company. You want to do some windhorse fingers, Rich? You want to do some windhorse fingers? Let's do it, yeah. CM Punk, CM Punk was trying to cut his own angle with MJF for a couple of weeks. He hasn't mentioned MJF since. Fingers in the air. Why would he do that? Yeah, where's the bag? I haven't seen that bag in a while. <laughs> Just that, think about it. The title and that bag have uh, disappeared. He wants to work with the elite. Why hasn't he? This guy does not have unilateral power. All right, he threw a jobber at a collision. I mean, really. If you're already just dead set on you don't like the guy and hate him, and you think he's bad, then I get it. Okay, that's fine. You can feel that way. But the reality is it's not that big a deal to me. It really, I don't I don't know. Maybe I, I, it isn't. I, I don't, you know, is it healthy? Absolutely not. <laughs> None of this but is healthy. Our, but, our, <laughs> but it's but wrestling. It's wrestling wrestling is thing. never healthy. It's always are not. Are pro wrestling locker rooms ever healthy? No. Maybe for two years, AEW's locker room was, but now it is a wrestling company. And what did we always say? The honeymoon's going to end. Right. We were preaching that. The honeymoon's going to end, and this is, beco- is going to become a pro wrestling company. And look around, because it has. You bring in big stars. Big stars get big star treatment. Punk is getting it, and he is not the only one. And that's not a defense of Punk. That's the reality. He's not the most powerful one. He's not the one who always gets his way. He's not. Well, I, I think not. one thing, too, in, in this company, too, because it is it is a company that was sort of born from the alternative and born from a guy who was a message boarder and a Twitter personality and a hardcore wrestling fan like you and me and everybody listening to this show right now, like it, it, it's, it's from that ilk. And, and because of that, it's been a very media friendly. I'm using that in air quotes. Cause you know, aspects of it have been media friendly, but for the most part, it, I would consider it a media. When you compare it to WWE, it's a media friendly company, right? 
There's no question compared to the the walled off garden that is WWE where they'll let you in every so often. They'll let people in a little bit, but it's very controlled, very specific. You can ask these amount of questions. This person can ask it. It's it, it, it's not like it is. It, it, it's just not the same. And I think the what what has, what has led to that is that now stuff right now, and we're seeing it now, and we're going to see it time and time again. Like you said, because now we have a wrestling locker room, wrestling with a capital W uh, locker room here in AEW, and everyone's throwing knives at one another and, and upset at each other and pissed off and this and this or this or whatever. That happens in every wrestling locker room. That happens in WWE locker rooms. Make no question about it. Not everybody is, n- not every single person comes into the WWE locker room and, and slaps hands with one another and go, let's do this, Raw. Yeah, SmackDown. Let's have a great show, everybody. Hands in, one, two, three, Raw. You know, like, that's not the case, but it's so. They, they've done a good job, and WWE has done a good job of not necessarily letting the media in and also doing a good job of telling the wrestlers to not go out there and not talk to the media and not be uh, as much of personalities and Twitter personalities and that sort of stuff. A lot of these guys, they'll you know post on Instagram and they'll post on Twitter, they'll post these places, but it's very controlled stuff. It's very, I'm working out, I'm going to my show, I'm going to Raw, I'm going to SmackDown, thank you, Insert City. It's that sort of stuff. And, and yeah, this stuff happens in WWE. This, ha- this stuff happens in New Japan. This, ha- this stuff happens everywhere. It happens in every wrestling locker room. But AEW, by the very nature of how they were created, it seems like stuff leaks out a little bit more. And, and it does. It clearly does. And I think that's leading to a lot of people going, oh, my God, it's chaos there. But I think we're just hearing about more of it as opposed to other companies where there probably is a modicum of chaos. But we just don't. They, they, the first thing to do is in wrestler X then runs to reporter Y and tells them all this stuff that happened at, at, at Dynamite or whatever, or doesn't you know answer that DM or answer that text message from an, another guy. A lot of the WWE guys probably just go, ah, fuck it, who cares? You know, Finn Balor not happy. You know, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Sue Williams just brought it up. You know, the Sami Zayn Finn Balor thing about them going at each other after Raw or whatever. That was very quick. That was just like a, a one-day thing where people said, hey, these guys you know, really got pissed off at each other, and it kind of moved on, and it was over, and it was whatever. Whereas AEW, it feels like every day, every week, every you know, especially with guys like Punk. You add Punk to the mix, that's always going to be increased, but MJF has, has been known to do that. The Bucks have been known to do it. Guys, a lot of people around that company, Tony Khan himself, have been known to be friendly with the media for, for better or for worse. And I think that's probably leading to a lot of people thinking the stuff in AEW is just absolute anarchy when it's probably just pretty I mean it's it's probably a little more anarchy than 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 normal, but I think it's punk, it's never normal. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say it's when you add the the you the, the ingredient, you have a stew and it's going all right. You add, you know, Phil Brooks to that stew, it's gonna start boiling because it's just going to. And now you can Make that thing go over the top and, and, and fuck up your oven and and fuck up your your kitchen or whatever. Or you know you can kind of control it, lighten the you know the, the heat a little bit. But no matter what, you got to watch that thing. You can't just throw the, the Phil Brooks in there and then walk away. It's not going to go well. You know what I mean? Like it's it's probably no, going to boil over, yeah. spill over, and you're going to have to mop up your fucking kitchen in a little bit. But I think that it seems worse. But I think it's probably just a wrestling locker room. But we're just hearing so much more because a lot of guys in that company including the, the at the top of the company are very apt to just go to you know media sources and, and, and bring stuff up. And we talked about that before. If you're not going to be at the head of the company controlling the narrative, and we've said that we if you have listened to the show, we've talked about it for a long time. The no comment, I can't talk about that, no comment stuff. It leaves the, the floodgates are now open for all right, then every one of these wrestlers can can, can do their own narrative and control their own narrative and do their own thing. 
If you're not going to say, no, that's not the case. No, that's wrong. No, you know what I mean? Like that. And, and other people have talked about that too. I know Brian Alvarez had a very long rant about that uh, a, a couple of weeks ago on Wrestling Observer Radio that like there was something about a, 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 a going back to our immaculate footy thing about uh, some player having some transfer contract. I don't know the details of it or whatever, but there was some rumor out there that player X had an ability to get transferred for free or something like, or whatever. I, I, again, I don't know all my, my, my full, you know, transactional details or whatever, but Tony basically said, no, that's not true. That's a false report. That is not the case. He does not have that in his contract. Boom right there. And, and nipped it in the butt done gone. He doesn't do that with AEW. He lets it be like you always talk about this weird ecosystem that existed, this weird cloak and, you know, this cloaks business of, "Ah, I can't can't talk about that. And it's like you leave to, you let a lot of this stuff get through. You let a lot of this stuff get through. So it's like, I don't know, man. You let people create their own ideas. Right. You let the wrestlers, you let the fans, you let everybody create their own ideas. If you're not going to say, no, that's not the case. No, there's not a roster split. You know what I mean? Like he could have answered that question months and months and months ago. No, it's not a hard roster split. Uh, CM Punk is going to be exclusive mostly to Collision and the Bucks are going to be mostly exclusive to Dynamite, but it's not a hard roster split. He could have just nipped all that stuff in the bud immediately, but didn't. Oh, no, no comment. This this stuff recently. The guy yeah, asked him, you know, what about what about Punk not letting, uh, you know, Hangman and, and, and Nemeth in the room? No comment. Okay. Well, then. Well, instead he says, oh, that's a great question, and I understand why you're asking that. That's his go-to now. Right. And in all these situations. I'm sorry. He doesn't if, answer it. Yeah. It, 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 so it's, there's, we're, we're, see, we're seeing the, the, the template here that, you know, <laughs> I'm not well, handing it to Vince. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe, maybe he doesn't care. Maybe the, the, the mindset is, who cares what the media and the fans think? It doesn't affect my business. This is good for business? I don't know. Not good for business, but maybe he thinks, all right, well, this is just hardcore fans are going to do what they do. It's never going to stop. I, you know, Let them think what they want instead of, you know, trying to put these little fires out. Why would I waste my time doing that? I have enough to do. I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Right, right, that's right, the right. mindset. I don't know. Um, you know, but it, that always seems to be the mindset. In wrestling specifically, like yeah, which sucks. Though, and let because me be clear it... about something. Let me be clear. I don't think it's healthy or good that CM Punk has the power to send people home from Saturdays. What I'm saying is, I'm not surprised that he has the power to send people home right. from Saturdays. I'm not like important distinction. Stunned by that. Yeah, like I don't think that's healthy at all. There's only one person who can stop that, though, Rich. There's one person who can step in and say to CM Punk. I'm sorry, Christopher Daniels needs to be here tonight for whatever fucking reason, whether he has to wrestle somebody or fill out some forms with the latest fucking contracts or whatever the fuck. Only one person can step in and prevent this from happening. You're going to give these people the power. Yeah, I, and, and again, I'm not surprised by it. Right, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile, and, and they're fucking pro wrestlers. <laughs> stars have had power in pro wrestling since Hack and Schmidt versus Gotch. The stars have all the power. That will never change. Stars have all the power. In you know, we we alluded to sports in the yeah, NBA. NBA. The star players run the league. The coaches don't run the league. The GMs don't run the league. The star player runs the league. We all know that. Hollywood, who runs the set? The fucking A-list star runs the set. Okay, this is how it goes. So it doesn't surprise me. I don't think it's good or healthy. I don't think a lot of things in pro wrestling is good. Or, <laughs> no, are it's good not a good that's, or healthy business at all. Nothing new. It just is, though. It just is. You know, and it, look, if 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 Roman Reigns didn't want 
some office schlub, some ninth string office schlub around him. Do you think that person would be around Roman Reigns? Hell no. Come on, man. It's a rhetorical question, but of course not. Of course not. And who knows? They, they we don't. These things just don't get discussed. It's very possible that that's the case. You know, I don't know. Well, like I said, stuff but, in that you know, in that business, stuff in WWE for better or for worse, never really gets out. Very, very rarely does it get out. Sometimes you'll hear stuff later, or stuff does pop up here and there. But we know that that sort of stuff is is it's not a. There's no way I, I will not believe that everybody goes in there and it's all kumbaya and everybody's happy with each other. But let, let me just, let the me first just thing isn't clear. to run and go tell you know fightful that this guy is being mean to me type of thing. Well, listen, let me just make something clear in case people don't understand. CM Punk is more powerful than the head of talent relations. And so is MJF. And so, and so is, is Chris Jericho. Yeah, so is Chris Jericho. And so is I don't know who needs to hear that. Britt Baker. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not surprised that when he said he didn't want the guy around, that he wasn't around. And again, I'm not suggesting that that's good or healthy because it's not. You know, Roman Reigns can throw anybody out of the room not named Vince McMahon or Nick Khan. And yeah, I'm aware of who I'm leaving off because I believe that's the case too. I think there's two people Roman Reigns can't kick out of a room and I named them both. I mean, I just think that's just how it goes. (laughs) 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 One of those guys is not a member of the board of (laughs) directors. Yeah, and that's no disrespect to that guy because I'll tell you what, nobody else can throw him out of a room. Right, there's Roman one guy, Reigns. yeah, yeah, Finn Balor, can, you know, but but yeah, no, no, Roman, Roman probably could. Roman can. <laughs> right, Sami Zayn can't say, Paul, hit the fucking bricks, pal, but Roman there's could. There's one person, there's one person who could tell that guy no, and yeah. that's Roman Reigns. Yeah. No one else can tell that guy no. Well, maybe Brock. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, Brock, yeah, he probably doesn't care. That's enough. a different He's, animal. Right. And maybe Literally. Paul. All right, Quite maybe there's a few guys who could tell that guy no, but. <laughs> three. I, I think we're at here. three. Maybe four if you had Cody. You can maybe, maybe, maybe. Have I Cody don't there. think. Eh, maybe. I don't, I don't Who knows? But the, everyone sees my point here, though. <laughs> I mean, this pearl clutching over the head of talent relations. Oh, my God. Take it easy. Take it easy. Our boy Biss calls AEW and asks for Athena. And that's the guy who says, yeah, sure, but she's up. That's all. Not that that is something that played out. I was just using an example. Yeah, I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) What a scoop. (laughs) What a scoop they got there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, fucking pick another indie promoter. I don't fucking know. You know, you get the idea here. But CW calls and asks for Ruby Riot, and they're like, no, well, she has to beat the Ally Cat on your biggest pay-per-view. That's, you know. But anyway. So one of the things I was going to say is, and and one of the other issues – of the AEW leaks and and not controlling the narrative and not controlling these things or whatever. And you said, you know, does does Tony care? Is it a bad for his business that these things come out or whatever? I think the part that is probably relatively bad for the business is how many wrestlers seem to find out about this shit on the internet. Like that, you know what I mean? Like that, that's the part of why I don't know that I would really want to say, ah, you know what? Fuck it. Let people go and talk and do the narratives and do the news story. I, I don't care. Talk to everybody. Do whatever. I'm not going to stop anything. I'm not going to nip anything in the bud. Just whatever. Who cares? 
that stuff sucks. You know, what I mean? like if I was a talent on, at, at, in that company, I would hate to have to subscribe to someone's Patreon to figure out what the hell's going on in my company that I work for. You know, and that's yeah. We know of several guys that do that. Like, and and it's not, it's just, it's a large list of guys that subscribe to these places. You you, I think it's pretty famous that you mentioned that Brian Danielson would have to subscribe to these things to figure out the fuck's going on and tell people, hey, stop leaking this shit. Come, what are we doing here? Like, why am I reading this stuff on these places? Like, what's going on here? But why is Brian Danielson got to be the guy to say that? Why does John Moxley have to be the guy that's like, oh, what the fuck's going on here, guys? You know what I mean? Like, what? Uh, listen, <laughs> like we've got we've got more than a few sending five bucks a month our way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like those guys are I, you know, like, I don't know if they're just trying to like, I don't know if they're generally just like, ah, oh, let's see what they've come up with now. Or if they're actually like, hey, yeah. what's going on in my company? I don't know the answer to that. The guys haven't yeah, said it's not like the guys DM yeah. us and say, hey, the reason I'm subscribing is I don't know what's going on in the company. I want to find out. I don't know. I don't know if they're just saying, oh, what bullshit is, is getting spewed out now. None of that's right or whatever. Or if they're literally saying, shit, what's going on now? But you don't have to. It doesn't have to be yeah, that way. Know. It doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> it sucks. It doesn't have to be that way. It's it's like it it's there's there's uh, a void there. There's there's a void in that company. Yeah, I I just think um, in general and overall, I think there's I, look. I've used this analogy before. It's just too many cooks. There's there's too many people in that company right now who have too much say, whether it's the top stars, whether it's the 97 producers, um, you know, it, it needs to be, it either needs to be Tony Khan and two or three of his most trusted voices who share the same vision. And that's the key. Or, it needs to be someone Tony Khan picks if he doesn't if he's burnt out right. or doesn't want to do it or he just wants to oversee everything. We need we need an org it's chart. Be, we need an org chart. In yeah, AW, it seems we need like. an org chart, and it needs to be small. He, it needs to be someone he picks along with two or three other. Yeah, there's got to be a very them. clear line at the top. It can't be this thing where there's 15 people at the top, which it you seems like there need, is right Rich? now. We need a supreme commander at the top, not the fucking Dave Clark Five. Look at that reference. How many people get that reference? Just let, just let that one <laughs> How many people get that reference? I wonder. Well, I know you get it. <laughs> Those were some exact words, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> That's what we need now. And right now, it's very far from that. And look, it's this was inevitable. Stars are going to get power. And I just, my, my, my issue is the vision has to be aligned with the decision makers. That's all you, you got to have people who have the same vision. Otherwise the show looks like it's going in a million different directions. That's all oh, enough about dynamite. Um, <laughs> Speaking of dynamite this week. No. It's just, yeah. It's just, what the uh, fuck was that? <laughs> I, we're not going to get think, into it. Thursday dynamite review. Some, if you want a, a review of this week's dynamite, yeah, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I think fuck? an overcorrection took place. I think Tony heard the criticism of, Hey, look, you need help. I think he took it to heart. I think he knew he needed some help. And look, he talked, he's talked about this publicly in his media calls and stuff like that. Like, you know, oh, I brought in this person. I brought in this guy. I brought in this girl. I brought in, you know, I get ideas from these people. He's talked people through it. 
and I think that's good, but I think there 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 may have been an, a bit of an overcorrection that that has taken place, and there's just too many voices now. I I and that's some of and and look, I that's from me talking to people who were there. It's from what you see on screen. And this isn't doomsday stuff. You know, they're about to do a show in front of 90,000 people. And their television ratings are very good right now. They just did a great rating for this past week. Um, You know, so th- th- that's by no means am I saying this is some kind of, you know, code five red flag situation. But, you know, there are some things that, that feel a bit untenable in that company right now. And, and there's a lot of situations that are close to another explosion, you know, and, and how unusual is that? Probably not very unusual. Yeah. What is unusual is having some of your biggest stars who can't even exist in the same building with one another. Right. And then it leads to things like this. Yeah. And ne- it's, it's never just, solving that issue. Not healthy. Was not good. Yeah. And, and it's not healthy. No. It, it just isn't. And, um, I think it's exhausting for everyone, but I will say this. I get burnt out on it a little too, but at the end of the day, it's not this backstage stuff that's going to drive my interest away from the company. It's what happens on screen. It really is. I, I, the backstage stuff is what it is and, and it can be exhausting at times, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really, as a fan, doesn't bother me that much. I just, maybe it's because I just expect it. Maybe that's the difference. Right. You, you've been around in this game for a while. I think there's a lot of new wrestling fans that grew up in the WWE. Everything is good. Everybody's fine. You know, because or, or or WWE is the dysfunctional place. And this is the utopia. Right, right, right. It's either one or two, it, it's either all oh, that and sucks. This has been destroyed now. Right. And that and, and now it's like but for those of us who lived through WCW, who lived through ECW, who lived through mid 90s WWF I mean Jesus Christ Shawn Michaels go back and read some old observers of what that fucking dude was doing every week on Raw from 1995 to 1997 the the, the stuff that that guy was doing you know just 1997 alone with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels these guys couldn't fucking stand one another and that tension that was palpable throughout the show as well like if you weren't around for that I could see how this feels weird and unique or hell go to the fucking territories go to the 80s go to the you know early 90s like go to 90 early 90s wcw like this stuff is pretty it's pretty normal for for a wrestling locker room but it just felt like this i think for some people this it felt like this one was gonna be different this one was we've and it seen was for a little while yeah we've seen what was bad about this and we've seen what was bad about that and we're not we're gonna we're going to be different that that was the mantra is that we've seen what caused WCW to go out of business we've seen why WWE sucks and why it you know it became monopoly and what's so bad about WWE or whatever we're not going to be that we're going to be different and I think now people are going to have to come to the realization that AEW is a wrestling company and this is what wrestling companies and wrestling locker rooms look like. So you're either along for the ride of fuck it, it's wrestling, <laughs> which you know we are. We we've been you know we we always say that like we don't ride or die with any company, any promotion, any wrestler, anything because it's it's like whatever you think it's going to be, it's it's probably not going to be that way forever. Look, we told people the honeymoon would eventually end. How many times did we use that analogy? Oh yeah, and it the lasted way end. longer than I thought. I think I think, and we talked about it again. COVID, well, this I stuff think, just wasn't getting out. I mean, right? You can make that argument that maybe it didn't last as long as people thought because there were rumblings pretty quickly that Cody wasn't getting along with the other EVPs. Um, you know, but they were better about keeping stuff in house back then. 
but that was going to eventually not last either. You know, it's, um, it's like the opening. I don't know if it's still the case now. I don't even know if the show still exists, but rich, when you and I were watching the real world, it was what happens when people stop being polite and start being real. Yeah. That was the tagline of the show. They said it in the opening of the show and it was the whole point of the show. What happens when people finally get comfortable with one another and start being real? And that day was always going to come for AEW. Right. And if people that didn't watch the real world, it wasn't like, because now like reality shows, episode one, people are already at each other's yeah. throats and arguing or whatever. Right, right, right. The real people world, the man. Deal and they're trying to get, and they're trying to get famous. Yeah. Yeah. Real world. Like they, when you go to the classic early real worlds, the first few episodes were like people hanging out in the house, getting to know each other a little bit, talking like there was episodes where nothing would happen. They but were the then, guinea pigs. Yeah, and then by episode four and episode five, it was like, oh, hey, guys, just so you know, I'm gay. And then this other person's like, really? Because I hate gay people. It's like, whoa, here we go. Right. Like, right. like, yep. But it had, the guys Off had to, to get the comfortable. Races. Yeah, the person had to yeah. get comfortable to say, oh, hey, guys, just so you know, I, I forget if I brought this up or not, but I'm, you know, I'm a homosexual. And then somebody else would go, oh, like, you know, then this guy, whoever it is, is pissed off that this guy, like, <laughs> like Puck, you know, <laughs> Anwar brings up Puck. And, yeah, everybody knows Puck, yeah. right? Like, Puck, you just say Puck and everybody that watched the real world knows Puck. And it's like, but that wasn't like in the days of the real world. That's it was the first couple episodes were kind of that utopia where it's like, hey, we're living in this cool house in this cool neighborhood in this cool city. Hey, everything's fun. We're, you know, hot, you know, 20 year olds. This is great. Hey, let's party. Let's hang out or whatever. But little by little, people would get comfortable with each other. People would get used to each other. People would say, you know, would, would start saying stuff. The Miz is a famous example of like. Someone told him that they were, I think someone told him that they were gay and the Miz was like, well, I'm not okay with that. You know, <laughs> like I grew up and I'm not okay with that. That was the Miz story in real world Chicago or whatever was it, it was. Was it really? I wasn't watching. Yeah, I, I, I'm almost positive that's what, what the what the story was. He was like, well, I, I, I didn't grow up around gay people, so I don't really understand it type of thing. And he well, had, you like, heard it here first, folks. Mike the Miz Mizanin is canceled. Is canceled. Get him out of here. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, that was the, and, and maybe we're now entering, the, you know, episode four of your real world series where it's like all right well that guy's an alcoholic that guy wants to bone this girl but this girl hates him and this girl has the hots for him so they're not going to get along anymore you know this guy is gay and that guy doesn't hates gay people you know what i mean like that we're there maybe in, in that point someone in the chat cm puck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> cm puck it works. Oh, God, that's, that's beautiful. Real world um, puck, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, Fucking And puck. then the question becomes, I mean, stars are always going to have some stroke. The question is, do they have too much stroke right now in this company? I think most people would answer yes. Um, it's, uh, but what do you do? How do you handle that if you're Tony Khan? You got to keep your stars happy. happy. Um, stars have had some level of creative control in this business really starting with the 90s no even going further back hogan in the 80s um you know once you hit a certain level of stardom you start calling your own shots man and people like punk and mjf and, and jericho they call their own shots well and and it's and, it's it's a wrestling business now that actually has leverage where for years yeah dolph ziggler couldn't say fuck you i'm winning that title or i'm leaving because they would have said okay leave <laughs> great go have fun on the indies man we don't really give a shit like that you know, MJF can walk into a room and say, "Hey, I'm leaving," 
And unless I get, you know, well, you can you can tell me no, but you know, hey, when that contract's due, I'll remember that, and you can say, oh, hold on a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. So that that's a healthy wrestling business if guys can do that. You know what I mean? Like if guys have that leverage, like this is that thing that I think people are going to have to rationalize a little bit. We have a healthy business now where there are two companies where people can make, can make a living at, at, at two companies, and they're going to play that up against each other. They did it in WWF. Shawn Michaels, famously after that Bret Hart fight, packed his bag and said, I'm going with my friends to WCW. Fuck all of you. And, you know, like he couldn't because that – and then he came back a couple days later. He's like, all right, hold on. I'm fine. I'll get over it. But, like, he had that leverage, he, and he could have absolutely done that. And Vince McMahon – Vince McMahon could not have said, all right, Sean, fuck off. Go. I don't care. In, in April of 1997, you're going to tell Sean Michaels to go to WCW? No, hell no. You're going to yeah. adhere to whatever he wanted. So then he got the guys in the room and said, all right, guys, come on. <laughs> like, we need to find a way for you two to get along because I can't afford to lose Sean Michaels to WCW right now because I'm going to go out of business. I'm, I'm, I'm taking out personal loans to keep this fucking company afloat. I can't let Shawn Michaels go to WCW. We're fucked if that happens. Yeah, that's a healthy, but that was a, that's a healthy leverage. It, we're back, baby. We're here again. We're, we're, you know, these guys can walk into a room and say, well, you know, eh, I can go call. I'll make a call if you want. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Sit down. Let's talk. It's, I mean, you know, it's, um, and the bigger the star, the, the more, you know, they've got the higher grounds. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, there's situations where it's like, you know, and then when these stars go head to head, like two rams on a fucking mountain, the one with the high ground is the one popping the numbers. Yep. And that's just the way it works. And, you know, it's, uh, you want control, you, you know, you, you want power, pop a number. It's how it's always worked. It's how it's always going to work. Um, it's a fucked up business. I mean, how many ways can we tell people this? It's so stupid. It's, you know, it's, uh, but it's not unlike a lot of others. I mean, you know, even in, in, you know, what I used to do, it's like the people that perform get less heat in the meetings and, you know, it's just, it's just the way it goes. Yeah, for sure. Put a pop, not, you know, I used to tell my managers, you want me out of your restaurant? You want to never see me? Deliver numbers. I will. You will never fucking hear from me. You know? And and you can call your own shots. But until then, I'm micromanaging your schedule. I want to know what the fuck's going on every day. You know? it's it, So it's no different. What do you think of this Wembley card? Because... Yeah, let's go over that real quick because I want to get to some G one talk too. We got we got the finals. To, I think to cover. I think people know the Wembley card. Let's just talk about the Wembley. Okay, card. yeah. So, what do you think of it? Because I think it's a good card. I don't think it's a great card on paper. I think it's a good card on paper. Uh, even with the caveat that I think I understand that they needed to do some matches to set up matches for the pay per view they have a week later. I get that they had to do that, but. Even with that said, I don't think it's a great card on paper. I think it's a good card on paper. And I think that this show should have been special. And I think it doesn't look special on paper. And I think one thing they could have done to make it special was to do one or two non-canon dream match style bouts that would have set this apart from your random full gear or revolution, which is what it looks like on paper. It doesn't look like a special pay-per-view. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Wembley card? No, I kind of agree with you. It, it, I think overall, like the card itself, if you put this thing in a vacuum and just said, hey, here's the card for the AEW pay-per-view coming up, 
I'd say, all right, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, FTR in the box and and, and Cole and MJF, that's that's really good. Jericho and Osprey, okay, that's really good stuff. You know, Stadium Stampede, that'll be a lot of fun. Like, that's a good card. It's a very good card for in a vacuum. The problem, though, is that this, this show, it doesn't feel special. It doesn't feel unique. This is a unique show. It's 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 upsetting their normal pay-per-view cycle. You know what I mean? It's a it's a pay-per-view thrown like you're saying. This thing is special. It's got special attendance. It's going to be in a special building. It's got a special spot in the pay-per-view calendar. It does it it, you know, all in didn't exist last year. You know what I mean? It was the pay-per-view calendar has been pretty much the same since they began, but now you throw this all in show here out of nowhere. It's kind of an off, you know, it's just a random show. It's it's it, but but it's done so because it's special because they have this building that they're selling a ton of tickets to. It should feel like it's unique and special and 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 one of a kind and once in a lifetime and all that sort of stuff. Like that, like it's going to be. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to run this stadium, do this amount of numbers, do this. It it and it doesn't. The card itself, it's fine. It's a good little card. I'm sure the show is going to be good. Couple days out, you know, we're a week out. Does it feel, or ten days out? I think at this point, does it feel like this is like a, a once in a lifetime thing that we're going to watch here? It doesn't. It doesn't. No. Forbidden Door, felt, you know, even even this year's Forbidden Door felt like yeah. a what? We're going to get Okada and Danielson and Osprey yes. and Omega in the same night. That's a once in a fucking lifetime show that we're going to watch here. The first well, Forbidden we'll Door was a disaster. <laughs> from the build, of course. Out but of their it, hands. Yeah, out of their But it felt like, God damn it, we're going to see AEW versus New Japan for wrestling. Who cares? You know, what? like the card, whatever. We're, it, it felt like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. This feels like full gear. This feels like revolution. This feels like, and it shouldn't. It's got, it, it should feel different. It should feel unique. You, we should be 10 days out going, oh, my God, can you believe we're 10 days out? From Frothing at the mouth. From what it was going to be one of the biggest wrestling shows ever, one of the most unique wrestling shows ever, an all-time accomplishment by AEW and Tony Khan to do this at this point in their life cycle. This is just a, a regular pay-per-view, man. And, I, and I've gotten that approach to it where I'm like, all right, yeah, it's just a regular pay-per-view, whatever. And why do I? I shouldn't feel that <laughs> for this show. It's, it's and, and well, part of that's on them also because they still are not on TV presenting this like it's the biggest wrestling show of all time. They're not. They have one little graphic on top of the match graphics. The biggest wrestling show. No one says it. They don't hammer it home. Yeah. Can I get a They're Can I get a drone shot? Can I get a drone shot of Wembley Stadium and say? Yeah. What you How about flashing <laughs> the latest attendance number on the screen <laughs> right. every week? How about, you know, like I said a couple weeks a ago, get here. puffy chested about this shit. You're about to put 80,000 plus in the stadium. And then on top of it, the card doesn't look like anything to match how special the show is going to be. No, it's just a real it's a good looking. It's a card. good card. Again, in a vacuum, if I just sent you this card and you were not following, you know, if you if you said, hey, five months ago, I'm not going to follow AEW anymore. And I sent you this card. I said, hey, this is the pay-per-view coming up this weekend. And I showed you these matches. You probably go, ah, pretty good show. Cool. Yeah, All I'd, right. I'd be a little confused about some of these. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> Explain this one. To yeah. me. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. Right. But, but yeah. It, 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 all right. Looks like a good card. But the point here is it should have been a special card. It should be 10 days out. We're going, oh, my God, I can't fucking wait for this. I wish it was tomorrow. And I really think they should have done a couple non-canon dream matches to supplement, to, to, to make it stand out. I agree. Especially since the Wembley card was first. You can get away with doing some non-canon stuff and then doing the other stuff to build to the one the following week. Right? Like, in a perfect world, the Wembley card would have been the second card. And you use Chicago to build to Wembley. Unfortunately, 
that wasn't the case. And if you can get the building, you get it when you can get it. I'm not even going to be critical of, of the, the shows being so close together. I know people want us to be. I'm not even going to be critical of that because I think you get the building when you can get it. And they're putting 90,000 people in it. How can I sit here and be critical of that? You know what I mean? It's like, what are they supposed to do? Say, ah, oh, well, in that case, we've got this all-out thing that's going to draw 10,000 fans a week later. Never mind. That's fucking insane. So I'm not going to be critical of the two shows being that close together because that's just circumstances and you got to jump on it when you can. Right, right. But a great example of this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. A great example of this was a couple. I don't know why of... I just yelled at you. No, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, okay, of... okay. I'm going. I'm going. Son of a bitch. You, you talk, you <laughs> son of a bitch. So at Forbidden Door, we had Darby Allen Sting and Naito versus Suzuki and, and, and the Jericho Appreciation Society. And that was the first time that Sting and Chris Jericho ever got in the ring together. Now, I don't know if you remember the conversation at the time, but I, I, I remember having this conversation on our Discord. I forget if we talked about it on the show, but I said, you know what would be a really fun match to do at Wembley? Sting versus Chris Jericho. You know what I mean? Like just a, a match that maybe doesn't have a – you don't have to have a big story. The story is it's fucking Sting versus Chris Jericho in a singles match. It has never happened. It's Sting at this big building. Everyone's going to love him. It's Chris Jericho in the – it's just a match that would be kind of cool if it just happened. You know what I mean? Like, just, just you know. And instead, Sting's in, like, a storyline-heavy coffin match. And Chris Jericho's doing a very heavy storyline match with Will Ospreay, which is, is, is fine. But, like, I don't know. It's just... I. To me, I thought this would have been a good opportunity to kind of, like you said, do some stuff that's maybe not in canon, maybe not doesn't need heavy, heavy stories. It's just, yeah, you know what? Here's a really cool match that we can present in front of 80,000 people. And that that yes. at that time, I remember talking to a friend, and I said, yeah, you know what they should do at Wembley? They should do Sting versus Chris Jericho. That'd be a really cool moment. Be a cool thing for Sting. Hell, Sting's been teasing that he's going to retire. If he's ready to go, that's a great way to go. You know what I mean? Go out in front of 80,000 people at, at Wembley Stadium, take a bow, and 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 you're done. You know what I mean? What a way to go out if you're if you're Sting. I don't know if he's you know he's clearly not ready to go. Uh, just yet or whatever, but like that felt like a really cool opportunity to just do a match that didn't need a big hold story. This would have been a cool, hey, wow, what a what a fun, you know, that's that's a once in a lifetime match there. Sting versus Chris Jericho. Once, let's get some once in a lifetime stuff here. We're not. There's none of nothing on the show feels once in a lifetime. No, and I'm sure it's going to be a great show. Oh, I'm, I'm positive. The, the talent always, We're the gonna... talent always delivers. We're going to put this show on next, what, Saturday or Sunday? Uh, Sunday, next Sunday. And Sunday noon or whenever the fuck. And um, that gigantic fucking crowd and that atmosphere and this good card that they've put together. And it's an AEW pay-per-view. When do they miss? The answer is almost never. So this show is probably going to be great. But, man, it, 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 it and maybe after it's all over and we're doing instant reaction, we'll talk about how special it felt. Maybe, but going in, I can't say that. Yeah, make me, make me. I got to be frothing at this mouth right now. Why am I just like, yeah, whatever, cool. Next Sunday, I'll be there at noon. Like, that's where I'm at (laughs) at this point. I shouldn't feel that for a show like this. I just shouldn't. Yeah, and then, um, you know, and and we're going to get some really cool singles matches coming out of this for Chicago. We're probably going to get, you know, what, Orange Cassidy, Mox, probably going to get Omega Takeshita. You're going to that show. Yep. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, man, if I have a Wembley ticket, I'm kind of annoyed. I, have <laughs> I mean, personally, ticket. I have no issue I, that uh, Wembley is road to all out. Like, that's fine with me. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, uh, are the Wembley ticket holders like, could we get one of these? Like, yeah. we understand, but can we get one of them? They should have gotten you know? Omega Takeshita. I cannot believe they're not getting Omega Takeshita, but, you know, whatever. 
I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll gladly take it, though. Thank you. I think it's a matter of trying to get as many of the big stars on the show as possible, fitting into the local curfew, um, which is something I've heard about that I'm going to assume is true. Um, you know, a lot of things. And look, now we've also reached a point in the Wembley build where there's some wrestlers who realize they're not going to be on it, and they are not happy, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Looking around and going, so, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a gosh damn minute. What am and, I doing? You know, some of them don't have a case. Like, you know, if you're Luther, hey, listen, pal. Serpentico, <laughs> yeah, <I> <laughs> you know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, there's some people, though, who had reasonable expectations who, you know, they're probably disappointed and hurt and bothered that. And I know for a fact there are some. So, um, you know, there's that factor, too. And, you know, I don't know what they're going to put on the pre-show or whatnot. But um, I, 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 that's why I would be open to some fucking battle royal on the pre-show. Let people get out in front of that crowd. Of course. And oh, say yeah, that yeah, they did yeah. it. You know, just who cares if it stinks? You know, just do some 30-man battle royal. and let, let as many people as possible, you know, work in front of that fucking crowd. That's once in a lifetime for a lot of these wrestlers who have been doing it. Um, you know, put, you know, someone like Dustin Rhodes, get him out there, you know, not even, you know, he's worked some WrestleManias, I guess, that were at least in the same stratosphere as this, but some of these other, you know, grinders, you know, that aren't high on the card. I can't think of any specifically, but you, there's plenty. We all know that. Get him out there. Give him a chance, you know, at least fly everyone out there. You're going to make a fucking good zillion fucking dollars in profit on this anyway. But, um, yeah, I'm not blown away by the card, but we got some other topics to get to. Yeah. So we, we'll talk about it in much more detail next week. Right, yeah. Next week we'll do the, the, the full-on preview for the show. So let's, let's talk about the G1 Climax. Um, yeah. Obviously, it wrapped up. Uh, you did the Daily G1 Audio uh, at flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Uh, over there, you did not do the semifinals and the finals because we usually do that on this particular show. Now, we're a little low for time, so... I think probably just want to focus on the semifinal matches and the final matches. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I'm not doing the tags. Yeah, anything tag. else, anything in the tags that stood out to you that you want to talk about uh, briefly? No, no one, no one fucking, no, no one fucking cares. cares. Yeah. Let's okay, just, yeah. let's get to the semifinals here. So August 12th, semifinals, 6,579 in Sumo Hall for the semifinals here. Uh, Okada versus Evil and Naito versus Osprey. Okada defeats Evil. Naito defeats Osprey. So let's start out with Okada and Evil. Uh, what did you think of this match? Because I thought it was it, Okada. I think did well to sort of adapt and work within the evil style. But I got to be honest, I was just kind of like ready for it to be over at this point. Ready, ready for the G one to not have evil in it anymore. So I, I don't know that I was super super invested in this match. But I think the heat was good. The crowd was way into it. Okada was perfect in his role. It worked for the style. But like I was just like, get this shit. I'm done with this shit. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, if I, if I just jumped in and this is the first G1 match I watched, I'd probably be like, oh, this is uh, this is a lot of fun. But I was like, go away, get out of here. <laughs> Enough of you. So that's that's kind of unfortunate where I was with, with you know when Dick Togo ran in. I was like, no, no, I don't want any more of this. Please. You know the thing about it is like a lot of things in wrestling right now that I think fucking suck. This evil shit was over like a motherfucker yeah. in oh, that yeah. building. I mean, the, 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 you know, Sumo Hall was red hot for both of these shows. And, um, you know, we've been talking about it all year. New Japan is back in a lot of different ways. And one of those ways is we've got the full crowds now in the buildings. Everybody's allowed to cheer. And these fans have been re- – they've been holding this shit in for three years. And they're ready to, to fucking cheer their favorites and boo the villains. And, you know, from that standpoint, it – 
made this match a lot more watchable than it would be normally for people like us who are just fucking done and over with this evil shit. Um, but it is what it is, and his name is literally evil, and you're just going to have to deal with it for as long as he exists in this company. That's all there is to it, um, you know, especially if it remains over. So um, in the pantheon of evil matches, was it the one I hated the most? No, not even close. Oh, no, no. Is no. it something... Is this something I ever need to see again and wish I didn't ever have to see again? Absolutely. But Okada beats him. He moves on. Get ready for Evil Sonata at Destruction and Bipu or wherever the fuck they're going to do that at some point this fall. And um, as Sonata continues facing all the former LIJ guys until he gets to Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. So there you go. Then we'll go to Naito and Osprey, which was the, uh, the the main event of the semifinals. Naito defeats Osprey, twenty nine minutes fifty eight seconds. I love this match. I thought this match was fucking spectacular. This was this was New Japan at its best, G one at its best. This is what you want out of a G one, and and even the finish, which if you did not see this match, Naito and Osprey are. Having a tremendous match. Just an incredible... Just, it's Will Ospreay, so of course it's great. Naito delivers in big spots like nobody else. And they're just having a spectacular match. I mean, they're, they're, they're going blow for blow. Naito's trying Stardust presses. The crowd is just losing their goddamn minds on everything. They're chanting for Will at the beginning of the match. Then they're kind of going to Naito. Then they're going to Will. Like, the crowd was f- phenomenal in this match. Just really, really great. Then we get a spot here that sort of transforms the entire match and for some people for the worse and some people for the better. And I kind of want to get your take on this because I don't know where, where, where you land on this. Will Ospreay goes for a kick. Naito either doesn't duck or I, I don't, I, I, I don't know exactly how it happened. All I know is it happened where Will does a kick. Naito eats the kick square in the face and it sounds loud. And the referee red shoes knows it right away. Osprey knows it right away. Naito doesn't know it right away because he got knocked the fuck out. And then this match took on a completely, completely different tone where Will walks over to Naito and he can you can hear him audibly saying, Hidden Blade, you can do it, Naito-san. Hidden Blade, you can do it, Naito-san. <laughs> and Kevin Kelly smartly, and we always talk about this, Kevin Kelly and, and, and Chris get it. Kevin Kelly just starts being a motor mouth because he knows, okay, Will's going to have to talk this guy through the rest of this match. And we could all hear it. And we can all hear it. And you could all hear it. He probably, and, yeah. he probably noticed, oh, my God, everybody could hear him say, Hidden Blade, I'm doing the Hidden Blade, Naito-san. <laughs> Get ready, you know, type of thing. So then Kevin Kelly is just going nuts and being like, he's calling his shot. He's telling Naito he's going to hit the Hidden Blade on him. You know what I mean? Like, so Charlton did a great job, too, saying, yeah. like, you know, Osprey's telling him stand up and and fi- get finished off like a man. Yeah, like, yeah. So good stuff for those their guys. Best to cover for. Yeah, it's a cover yeah. for. But it's obvious that Will now has to lead Naito through the rest of this match, and then he does. And they have a very good sequence here, I think, where Will does the hidden blade. Naito just barely ducks it. <laughs> he ducks it by the mo- the slimmest of margins or whatever. And now we get into Will saying, "All right, Destino, Destino, Destino." And now Naito's got to. Try to do a Destino. Will is basically on his own, flipping and landing, and Naito's just kind of landing with them, type of thing. Then Naito kind of gets it. He gets his his bearings enough to do the final Destino. Will still lets you know, still kind of helps him up a little bit and does some things or whatever. But but Naito is essentially just doing this stuff and 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 essentially just falling forward, falling backward. Will's kind of trying to lead him through the entire thing and, and get him through there. They do get through it, and Naito hits that final Destino, gets the one two three wins the semifinal, goes on to the G1 finals. I thought, and, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, Joe, I actually think that the stuff with Will 
literally carrying this guy through the final stage of this match after hitting him in the fucking face and knocking him out. I think that enhances the match for me. I don't know. I like this sort of stuff. I like this sort of thing of seeing guys, the the art form of pro wrestling. And to me, this is the art form of pro wrestling, where one guy gets knocked out in the final stages of a match, and fuck, we have to figure out a way to do the finish that we want to do, and you need to hit the moves that you need to hit. Let's get through this. Let's do this. And Will literally picking this guy up and saying, you can do it, Naito-san. You can do it. I love that shit, man. I think that enhanced the match for me and made me love it even that much more. Where do you stand on that? Is that something that you think, oh, well, no, this match, this match lost me now because I know it's fake, or I know, you know, my my suspension of disbelief is now over because Will Ospreay is helping this guy and doing I like that shit, man. I know how the, you know, <laughs> I know how the sausage is made. I don't need to pretend that I don't know, but I, I think that shows even more of a great performance by Will and 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 Naito to, to his credit as well. To me, I respect these guys more and I respect this match more because they got through that 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 spot and ended up making it look pretty damn good, all things considered. I think it was fascinating to watch and just an amazing display of um, composure by Will Ospreay, who literally had to wrestle the last two minutes by himself. Let's be honest. Yeah, he, he was in there with a Yoshihiko. <laughs> you know, basically I, I, don't, I don't know what the finish was supposed to be, but it wasn't that. And he just had to think on his feet. Okay, this guy has got his bell rung. The lights are on, but nobody's home. What can I do physically with him? You know, in the first, you know, it's when he collapsed on that one spot that they had planned and he realized that that they were fucked. You know, then encourage, trying to encourage him, you know, get up, Naito-san, get up. You know, Hidden Blade, all it's calling the spots. And you heard him call the Destino spot. And he's giving himself these Destinos. Yeah. It's it's just a remarkable performance by Will Ospreay and composure under the most intense pressure. Um to to be able to first decide what you can do with a literal sandbag and then do it. So I was fascinated by it. Uh, you know, it's it's certainly going to be memorable. It does prevent it from being a five-star match to me if you're worried about that kind of stuff because um I can't call it a perfect match when one guy's calling out spots with a fucking megaphone and it it's, but it, the dichotomy there is it didn't ruin the match for me, but it's not a five-star match for me. I, I couldn't give it five stars because of that. So I don't know if that answers your question, but you know, Will Ospreay prevented a disaster and it was still a great, great match, but I can't call it, one of the great it was going to be one of the greatest matches I've ever seen, but that prevented it from getting that's there. fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't think it derailed me that much. Uh to the point where I think I'm still five on it, and I and it's definitely gonna be in my top ten at the end of the year. Uh, it, it definitely is. Oh, and I want yeah. I want to oh, rewatch yeah. it, obviously. It's not. Yeah. I want to rewatch it, but I, I still I was just in awe of just the performance, particularly of, of Will. I mean, the performance of Naito through 28 minutes of that match you know, it was fantastic and just awesome will the last all 28 minutes plus those last two minutes or whatever however much it was that was like holy crap an incredible performance this and the guy thing is with Naito, just another level he's incredible he's he's the best wrestler in the world and has been since 2019 let's put that to bed and he's now an all-time great and they're even saying that on AEW TV and I don't think it's even in dispute but set him aside. Anybody who disputes that's an idiot and needs to be ignored right now. Well, you know, those are harsher words than I'd use, but you go get them, Rich. Um, setting that aside, I think that Naito has to be acknowledged for 
when it comes to the G1 semifinal or final match, he is another level. Oh, he, yeah. you know, and he's not even anywhere close to his physical peak. Um, he's not the wrestler he was. Anyone would acknowledge that. But when it comes to these semifinal matches, and in the past, the block finals would be the de facto semifinals. You'd have the match to win the block that would send you to the final. And fans would refer to those as semifinal matches, even though they really weren't. So people know what I'm talking about when I say this. When he's in that kind of situation, a semifinal situation or a final situation, I talk a lot about Tomohiro Ishii being Mr. G1, Mr. Modern G1, right? And he is. But Naito owns the final two matches, of the, like the whatever you want to call it. Oh, them, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the final two nights, the final been, couple nights, whatever you want to say. Yeah. He owns those. He, that, that's his domain during this era. That's his domain. And unfortunately, he got his bell rung. And I think what stops it from being a five-star match to me is it was very obvious that this guy had nothing. He just, he was a, he was a bag of sand at that point. And it was kind of preposterous watching someone in that state win a match when the other guy is doing everything. So that, so from that standpoint, I cannot go five stars on the match. I'm not going to ding them and tell you that I hated the match now. You know, and I guess there is an element of, I understand what you're saying, where it almost made it more enjoyable because this incredible thing happened. Right. Like, I know how the sausage is made. I don't have that suspension of disbelief thing that much. A lot of times when I watch a wrestling match, I'm like, man, this is, I I understand what these guys are doing. I understand how they're doing it. And they're still blowing me away. And they're still, and that's how, at the end of that match, I was like, holy shit. Like, how many other people would be in that situation and be able to be as calm and as collected and able to pull out what these guys did? Not many. Not many. A lot of guys would have froze. A lot of guys would have just, and, and Will, with pretty much no hesitation, once he, him and Red Shoes both realized, oh, shit, he's knocked out, right? <laughs> and Red Shoes immediately jumped into position. He knew it, and Will knew it, and they didn't, they didn't sit there and look at each other, and Will didn't no. stare we'll, into the we'll ether. Said, okay, here's what I got to do. He and said, fuck, he picked this guy up and said, Naito-san, we're hidden blade. Let's go. We're going to the finish right now. Let's do it. And you even heard Naito at one point go, Hidden Blade. Like, he didn't know what the fuck. He just <laughs> yeah, no shit idea. back. No idea. <laughs> you know? It was, it, it, was, it, was, it was something to see. It was really remarkable. And it, was, it really was a great match. And, and it was uh, tremendous composure under fire. And, and um, you know, and Naito wrestled the next night. And I'm, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, and, and he had a great match with Okada the next night. It wasn't at that level. But. You know, it's, uh, he's just, he's the best in these scenarios in the company, you know, in, in, in these kind of scenarios, when it comes down to these final couple nights of the G1, when he's involved, which he usually is, you know, most years, you know, the guy just, uh, 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 you know, delivers at that super high level. So, um, what do you think of Naito Okada? Yeah, I I love Naito Okada too. Not not on the level. I I think I liked I liked Naito and Osprey a little bit more. Uh, Naito Okada was great though, really really great wrestling. I I this is a match that I I think will probably be in the mix for my top ten at the end of the year, but I could maybe see it falling out. It's been there's been a lot of good stuff this year, and I'm not taking anything away from this match. I'm like four and a half plus probably if I'm using the plus minus. I'm probably four and a half plus on this. I thought it was still very, very good. I just don't know if it was as good as Naito and Osprey. 
that's and that's you know that's not I'm not damning with vapor. That's that's a hard hard. I mean, when you watch the red, that night's a Osprey, that was like you fucking, gave one five fucking stars. Yeah, so. right. It's a fucking spectacular yeah. match. You know, next level. This was really really good, and and the crowd was so. It was just when when. When Naito teases that Stardust Press and Kevin Kelly and Charles yeah, are like, you yeah, idiot, yeah, yeah. no, what are you right. doing? And the crowd, everyone in the crowd's like, no, 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 don't do it. What are you doing? And then he gets yeah. up there and Naito's like, I'm going to fucking do it. I got it. I got it. Don't worry, guys. And then he misses it. And the crowd is just yeah. like, oh, what are you doing? And then, you know, then he, then he hits that test and, you know, he does get the win and he does, you know, defeat Okada. I mean, that's a once in a while. I mean, that crowd, that's a five-star crowd, though, for sure. But the match itself... Again, I hated it, Joe. Four and a half plus is where I was at with Naito and Okada. Really, really good. Well worth your time. But yeah, I, it, it was it one of the greatest matches I've ever seen? No. Was it one of the best matches of 2023? Yeah, probably up there for sure. But yeah, this is not like like Naito and Will is one that if you're going to you cannot end the year not having seen that match. Uh, Naito Okada is pretty close. I, I'd probably say you pr- you probably should, but you know, I, I I just I didn't think it was in that that pantheon of like, oh my god, I'm seeing one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Very very good, but but maybe not to that level. I went four and three quarters. I thought it was great. I think I thought they were easily the two best matches of the tournament. Um, and but I did prefer the Osprey Naito match because that was trending to truly being something special. Special, it really was for me. Um, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, my God, this is an all timer and it still might be, you know, I just, it's hard for me. I could not suspend my disbelief for that fucking rag doll that finished that match. You know, that's my only, you know, I just couldn't, um, but yeah, the final was, was spectacular and, and, you know, and now Sonata will beat evil and, you know, he'll face Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. I think Naito wins that match, and I think Naito does his roll call. And then that's that. You know, that's the last piece. He beat Okada there, but Kenta ruined the roll call. So, you know, beating Sonata, the guy who left the group, and finally doing the roll call. And uh, and then we go from there. But knowing Gato, you know, Sonata puts him in that fucking dragon sleeper and beats him and we we, we build to this for another three uh. fucking years but <laughs> i you know but i know i think i think naito does it now and um puts him away does the roll call maybe even <clears throat> fuck it let's get crazy maybe even invite sonata into it right invite him into the roll call yeah extends the hand yeah. extends the hand hey you were along with me on this come journey here, too come, come on, on. yeah say look look just one time you know and you could have taichi and kanamoro being like oh i don't know about this you know, you know, and then maybe Sonata he milks the crowd a little and says, all right, one time, one time I'll put the fist back up. But that's it. Now I'm going back with my boys. You and know? then Kenta runs in and uh, they finally get their match. How awesome crowd. would that be? <laughs> oh, my God. How great would it be if Kenta runs in with like Gabe Kid and they just beat the shit out of everybody before they put their fucking fist together? Oh, my God. I'd pop for that. But uh I think no, it'd be funny you know, if Kenta ran yeah. out and they just beat his ass and sent him packing too. Like, no, 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 no. Not that would work too. <laughs> you know what? That's an even better idea. That that they should actually do that. Yeah, he pops in through the crowd and Naito's like, nope. <laughs> I see him. I got you. You're yeah. fuck off, dude. Then they all do their finisher on him like he's fucking. Yeah, because it's fucking Kenta at this point. Why not? Yeah. He's a rube. He's uh, a rube now in that company. And even in Can- in Canada, he's kind of a rube too, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. 
I don't feel like I feel like he doesn't even want to be there. I no, I like, know. I, every time I watch him, I'm like, why am I watching you? That's why I don't want to watch him anymore. Because I'm like, you don't want you don't really feel like you want to be here. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Man. To take the money until they'll stop giving it. to him. <laughs> right. you know, It's like, uh, um, no, but yeah. And that's where we're going. And, you know, it's uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, Sonata. Eh, I don't know. Y'all jacked up for Sonata Evil. Yeah, at, uh, I mean, yeah. no, <laughs> not really. No, no not really. Are. No, me neither. No, yeah, not not really. And, uh, and I'm, it's... I'm hoping for a stacked undercard on that one. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. You know, and then the actual, you know, Naito and Sonata. I mean, that's that's gonna be the like you 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 believe fully that that's the match, right? We're not Sonata's not losing that title in the lead up, right? No, God, no, no. Right. The story is the story Sonata is beating yeah. all these guys right. and then right. losing the Naito. For sure, absolutely. That's so, the fucking story. So yeah. he can't, he can't lose it to like evil first and then win it back at fucking whatever the fuck King of Pro Wrestling. I don't know what fucking shows they do anymore in the fall, but um, I'm working off the 2014 schedule here, Rich. You got to understand. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, you definitely are. But, uh, but no, so then, so uh, then, you know, I, I agree that that's the match. We all know it's the match, and anybody trying to. Yeah. Talk to themselves and anything else is, is probably doing a disservice. But with that said, like I that to me, I'm kind of it's gonna be hard for me to get excited about that match either. It's Sonata, you know. I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see. Know, I, Plenty of time. The problem is Sonata. I you know, I I guess the intrigue would be can Naito in a big spot drag that guy to the match of his life? Right. I guess that yeah, and that I guess that's the fun of it. That's the intrigue there. Um I wish he wasn't an emotionless robot, but <laughs> that's not going to change. But here we are. He is what he is. And for the people who like him, I suppose that's the appeal. I don't know if that works in a Tokyo Dome setting. And we'll find out. That's great. Um, that's to a, answer your question. It's a great opportunity. I mean, if, I... It, it, it's a good opportunity to find, like, to really, I mean, we know, but, like, if he goes out there and he's just, you know, Sonata, <laughs> you know, it's just like, all right, dude, Wrestle Kingdom. I will say this: main the, event, the mechanic, Naito, let's the, mecha- go. the mechanics of his wrestling has been better. Yes, I think sloppy Sonata is a thing of the past. That hasn't reared its ugly head in a while, and he looks like a star. There ain't no doubt about that. You know, with the robe and the new look and the music, he looks and conveys star. And then the bell rings and yeah. kind of just now, 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 allegedly he worked the tournament with a injury. I don't know if you're moved by that. I don't know if it, mm. you're just, well, you're in there and I have to judge what you do. Um, Something tells me, I, you know, he wouldn't have been putting up four and three quarter star matches healthy in those scenarios. Um, So I don't know if it matters that much, but um. You know, he just doesn't listen to the way we're talking about this. This is the kind of mood that he brings. He doesn't inspire excitement. He just doesn't. So, I guess there's plenty of time to discuss that. Absolutely. We'll have uh, several months to uh, to preview that match. So, uh, that's the G1. So, uh, wrapped up. All done. G133. Wrapped up. Uh, overall. Good. Yeah, I don't know. Like we even talked about last week, it's it's you know, it, it ended on a good note. I, I think Naito and Osprey and and, and Naito and Okada were definitely felt like you know classic G one matches. And 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 overall, I think I enjoyed the tournament more than I didn't enjoy it. But uh, yeah, there was you know classic G one. I we, we weren't quite there. Yeah, we're, we're a little ways to go until those are we're over. Yeah, those are probably done forever. So 
No, they, they are. People need to come to terms with it. Those are over. And um, this generation doesn't have it in them anymore. And the generation coming behind them, I don't know if that'll be their thing. You know, it, it's those days are over. You know, yeah, it's, that, still that, gonna... it's interesting because that new generation coming up, like none of those guys have matches like this. You know what I mean? Like even, even like Naito and Okada, it's like, you know, Naito, you can say whatever you want about him, but man, big spot. He's going to deliver. Okada getting up there in age, quote unquote, he's like 30 now or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, you know, can't do what he did when he was 24, but man, he can still fucking go. Yeah, I don't know. You see, Okada's the one I think that hasn't lost anything, but he, but that's coming and he doesn't have the same caliber dance partner to work with anymore because the other guys are getting old. Right. Well, and, and I, I just meant more that like when the big spot comes, like you just know that, all right, well, it's fucking Naito oh, yeah. and Okada in a G1 final. It's going to rock. Like, I don't know yeah. if I have that same confidence and, in in whoever and, and go over any of the you know lower card guy or any of the the younger guys. It's like I don't know if I believe that those guys think ah it's G one final let's fucking go we got to make this spectacular. I, I know that Naito goes into every one of these matches saying I'm gonna have the best fucking match I can possibly have. Let's do this. The fact is, I think those G ones were over for a while and we just didn't want to admit it. Yeah, I mean, Probably. you know, it and and you know this new generation. I'm not saying they're never gonna have great matches. Of course they will. You know, but it's it, they're going to have their own thing. And and this other prior era was all about, oh, my God, the G1, they're all going to kill themselves and they're all going to be wrapped up in tape by the end. And we're going to get the best matches of the year. And I, it's not always going to be like that. And it's not anymore. And I don't think that this generation, you know, I, it, it'd be very I'd be very surprised if they carry that on you know the you know it's gonna be something different every yeah, generation we, something we, we saw a once in a lifetime thing and we said we said yeah. at the time enjoy, and I was telling people, it, enjoy it enjoy it in. it's yes, not gonna last I, forever it lasted way longer than it should have i mean you know that era you know it, it, it typically doesn't last that long you know when you look um at some of these eras uh, it, it, you know it, it it lasted longer than it, it realistically should have and and i constantly told people enjoy this time and place it's special and it's going to go away. And, you know, it's not in New Japan. Look, I think they're having a good year. I, You know, I, it's not that. That's not the point of this discussion. This is not throwing dirt on the body. This is just we're into something new now. And now moving forward, it's going to be which one of these guys does elevate. I think Suji is as close to a lock as you can get. I think um, much to your chagrin, I, I think one day you're taking an L on Shota Aminu. Probably. I do. That's fine. But, but we'll see. I'll take that L when it but comes. We'll see. But he, he, had a, he had a very good G1. He had a very good G1. And I don't think he's a lock like Suji. Suji's a no, lock. No, Suji, yeah. I will not. I, I said that. I'll take that W on Suji because I said that dude was a fucking Stone Cold lock. The second he walked through that goddamn curtain for that match uh, against Sonata, I was like, that's the dude. There you go. That's the guy. And he has, he has done nothing to prove elsewise. Shota, he'll, 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 he had a very good G1. He had a very good G1. Suji's still the dude to me. Narita, jury out. Uemura, we'll see when he gets back. You know, and down the line you go. That Rohei Oiwa. I like him. Put a pin in that motherfucker. I like him a lot. Put a pin in that motherfucker. Okay? Um, you know, and then and then we see. And away we go. <laughs> Oscar, it's, you're not throwing uh, Oscar stopped. in here? Oscar, you're not throwing Oscar. Yeah, off. fucking Lube. <laughs> what about that Russian? That fucking Russian. Oh, the big Russian dude. Yeah, he's he's yeah. Yeah, not the not the nimblest athlete, uh, but uh, no. certainly <laughs> no. I don't. Uh, yeah, no. Certainly has a presence about him. Yeah. You know, uh, nothing wrong with that either. It takes all kinds to make up a roster for sure. 
But uh, yeah, there's a bunch of guys who are not. Can El Fantasmo eventually, you know, continue rising up the card and people like that too? So, um, you know, will David Finley ever hit the next gear? I wouldn't bet on. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not betting on that. Yeah, wouldn't bet on it. Um, you know, they're, they're they're loaded. They're loaded. And then you got all these Bullet Club fucking new new Bullet Club scummers that they're giving their that are getting babies first push, you know, your Coglins and your Gabe kids and your uh, Drilla Maloney's and, and people like that, you know, they're, they're loaded and some will make it. Some will not, you know, some will become legitimate stars and some, you know, become show. I don't know. I, you know, no disrespect, <laughs> but he's just a guy. No, no shows. just a, Yeah. When he got like thrown out when, when Okada just like kicked him and tossed him to the side and that you want, I was like, who's that guy? I was like, oh, right. It's show. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, Rapongi 3k were what they were, you know, yeah. they were older young lions to begin with. And they were star, a star junior tag team. And neither one of them are ever going to ascend to the level that, you know, it, that that's just how it, it goes. They're not, yeah. they're not flops. They're not failures. You know, it's just not everyone gets to the top. You know, they, they weren't going to fucking supersede Hiromu under any circumstances. That wasn't happening. So, um, anyway, that's uh, that's New Japan. Well, All right, real quickly. Uh, we're going to do this Junior Festival. Yeah, let's or... pump out this real quick. I'll, I'll read All the right. card here, and then uh, you can do a brief uh, triple mania, triple mania <laughs> discussion here. Uh, All-Star Junior Festival, New Japan Pro Wrestling, going to the 2300 Arena in Philly. Uh, this Saturday, uh, this is one of the New Japan World pay-per-views. I believe it's roughly 24 American dollars to get this pay-per-view on New Japan World. Uh, Joe, you can decide if this is a $24 worthy uh, pay-per-view here. You have the Pats King of Stakes Philly Cheesesteak Cup ladder match. Hiromu Takahashi and Rocky Romero versus Blake Christian and Master Wato versus Dookie and Low Rider. That's all about the sponsorships these days. Maybe Pat will come out like the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy and Swing a fucking cheesesteak around. And <laughs> where do you where do you stand know. on the what cheesecake a... wars? I've never had the cheese. I've never had any of these uh, cheesesteaks, so I can't. I can't speak. To uh, them, so. I, you know, I'm not. Look, I I am not a a Philly guy or a South Jersey guy, so I'm going to stay out of it. How okay. about that? Yeah, 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 it's a smart. A, yeah, very smart. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, I'm more of a North Jersey guy. You know, I'm. Uh, you know, it's, what's what's uh, the it's food like North... of North Jersey? What what's like the food of that area? Well, you know, it, it's the pork roll versus Taylor ham thing with the North and South. It's, you know, the the, the, the New York uh, pizza, the North, you know, it's uh, we just have it, 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 the cultures are different. It, it, North Jersey and South Jersey cultures. You know, our convenience store is quick check. Their convenience store is Wawa. And now I'm really speaking Jersey and nobody knows what the fuck <laughs> I'm talking about. But it's just the, the culture, you know, if you know, we you have know. Entenmann's, we have Entenmann's, they have Tasty Cake. It's just, you know, we get the New York channels on TV. They get the Philly channels on TV. They root for the Eagles. We root for the fucking Giants. It's just, it's it's a small state with two completely different cultures. So I am staying out of the cheesesteak thing because that's a Philly South Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Thing. You, you don't want to be a, you're, you're not a Geno's guy or a Pat's guy. You can't, you're just staying not, out of it. Not yeah. my place. Not my place. I will say right now the uh, Pat's has 4.2 stars on Google. Geno's four stars. So. Mm. What about this? Uh, there's a Philly cannoli king right down the street, too. That's where I'm. <laughs> Fuck the cheesesteaks. I'm going to eat that cannoli. You know, what I'm guessing is, and I don't know this to be true, I'm guessing that if you're from Philly, 
Geno's and Pats are a little too mainstream. There's all, there's speed. definitely, you're like, yeah, because you're like me. If like people bring up Chicago pizza, I'm like, yeah, those places suck. Like, here's where you got to go. And there's some little hole in the wall place. I'm like, that's the best cheesesteak in the city for sure. Yeah, where I'm sure that Pats and Geno's started as the, those local institutions, but now are too touristy for the locals. Right, right. They go to the place on, you know, yeah, wherever. Yeah, and, and yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't like those South cheesesteaks. Street. Yeah. The, uh, or the, um, wait, is that even a street? In Philly? I, don't I don't know. fucking, I, I don't, don't know. know Philly. I don't like cheesesteaks anyway. So I like cheese. I like steaks. I like, you Broad know. Street is what I was trying Broad to think street, of. Broad Street. Broad Street. Yeah, yeah. Broad Street. Yeah. I'm not a cheesesteak guy. Over but. on Swanson and Rittner. <laughs> That's where they're going to yeah. be. 2300 Arena. Uh, all right. So we have an All Star Junior U.S. tournament. We have. Round one matchups, Speedball Mike Bailey versus your boy, the good Italian boy, Francesco Akira. Then you have Kevin Knight versus Clark Connors, and the winners of those two matches will face off in the tournament final. Big tournament here. All right. Four guys. <laughs> there you go. Matt Seidel and Yo versus Shun Skywalker and Bushi. All right. It's an interesting one. Ryusuke Taguchi, Rich Swan, and the DKC versus Starboy Charlie, Jack Cartwheel, and Real One. Mm. Yes, that Real One. The old consensual penis himself. (laughs) That Real real One, yes. It's not that sexy star, but it is that Real One. So, uh... Yeah. I like uh, Rocky. I like Rocky slipping him in the back door there. Yeah, not announcing him in 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 the New Japan, you know... World or the New Japan 1972 website or whatever. All of a sudden, there's a graphic for real one. Eh, no social media posts, not too much publicity, but yeah. And lowercase is, n capital Z O getting another booking. Good for him, I guess. That's so. right. <laughs> is uh, is Starboy Charlie still wearing the dopey yep. fucking overalls? Yep. Yeah, he's done for me. Done for me. He went. Yeah. He went meme past the meme wrestler yeah. stage. It's like we we moved on from meme wrestler thing, and this guy's gonna come out wearing fucking overalls. Bye. You're done. Jack Cartwheel. Like I like a Jack. I like. I still like a Jack Cartwheel. Yeah, he's fine. He's got like a Jack Evans thing to him. Like I was watching a Gleet match. Yes, I was watching Gleet the other day. Uh, Jack Cartwheel was in it, and he did like a flip to the outside where he did like eight more rotations than he needed to do. <laughs> you know, he did. I was like, all right, I like that because that's like yeah. that's a classic Jack Evans. Like the first time you watched Ring of Honor in like 2002, you know, Jack Evans, you know, bounces off the ropes, then does like you know four flips and then a tope, and you're like, why'd you have to do all that? <laughs> But who cares? It's fucking Jack Evans. Of course he had to do it. It was awesome. So, uh, Lucky Dip tag team match. Lucky Dip tag team match. Kosei Fujita, uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Alex Shelley, Chris Bay, TJP, Ace Austin, and Cheeseburger. Because, Joe, the teams will be decided the day of the show. Lethal lottery here. Lucky Dip, whatever you want. Um, Goldie versus Vinny Pacifico, I believe, is your uh, your opener. Or your your pre match. So Goldie, Vinny Pacifico, East West Express, Jordan Oliver, and Nick Wayne versus El Desperado and Mao. Like Mao from DDT. A little wrestler. Uh Fugaz. I know who he is. I know, I know you know Mao's. Uh Fugaz versus Leo Rush versus Dragon Kid versus Soberano Jr. versus Casey Navarro. Ah, uh, this was Rocky had some names left over and said, you know what? Fuck it, you're all in the same match. <laughs> right. You got nothing better for Dragon Kid and Silverado Jr.? Well, I guess not. Whatever. Apparently not. There's, so it's like, he, he's like, all right, four. And he's like, fuck, Casey Navarro. Five. five. Make it a five-way. All right. Like, yeah, he had a four. Five. He had it written down. 
Yeah. And went to his spreadsheet and was just like, ah, yeah. fuck, Casey Navarro, shit. All right. Ah, throw them all. <laughs> yeah, ah. they're going to find way. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Because it makes sense. And then there's Casey Navarro. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, shit. All right, well, fine. There you go. Uh, not exactly a uh, roughly $24 pay-per-view on New Japan World for me. So I think uh, I think I'm going to John Pierre Lafitte that, uh, that show there. So. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about paying twenty four dollars on New Japan World for that one. All right. Uh, speaking of a show that I wouldn't pay if you fucking put a gun to my head, Triple Mania Mexico City. Joe, did you uh, purchase this on VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Fight? Well, I watched the whole show. Yes, yeah, so of course you did. Yes, I did. Yeah, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Fight. So you watched uh, Triple Mania sure. Mexico City. Uh, what? Quickly, uh, what what are the what are the highlights? I don't need. Do you want or do you want me to da- you know, Dave take me through the show or or what do you want to do? Here? Um, there are no highlights. Okay. Was, <laughs> I mean, the Vikingo four way was fine, but it was really just guys do taking turns doing shit to each other. Yeah, Vikingo Daga, Jack Hartwell, and Mike Bailey. What was the match there? No attempt at any kind of psychology or story or anything. I mean. Um, I guess some impressive spots, but Rich, you've seen it all before. You know what I'm saying? It yeah, was, we're get, uh, yeah we're getting there. You, it, like uh, a lot of people are starting to get on the Vikingo, like like we've talked about for a while. The first time you see Vikingo, you're like, holy fuck, this dude's it. Like this is the the revolution of wrestling is here. This guy's the next level. Little by little, you watch him enough that you're just kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> like he's just, it's not a complete. He's not a complete wrestler, and I don't know if he's ever going to become a complete wrestler at this I'm point. I'm not even necessarily picking on him. Just I don't know the whole. Are you telling me Jack Hartwell was just doing spots to do spots? I don't even blame them. I mean, it's fucking triple A. I mean, they're just taking turns diving on each other. Yeah, I, I, it was. It, it's I don't know. It's a lot. You know, three hours into one of the worst shows you've ever seen. You know, but that was the best match. I mean, everything else sucked. I mean, it was painful and a little sad to watch Negro Casas. No, so I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't watch it. Nicho, I mean, I, I haven't like seen he, him I in feel a like while. he's not that old, but I guess he is. I guess he really is. I don't know. He's probably 50. He's 52. Um, I looked it up, and I was like, I guess. Okay. All right. But he... Um, he is not moving well mm. at all. And I know no one wants to hear this, but Negro Casas, time has caught up. He, look, I didn't think he looked great WrestleMania weekend, but I also didn't think he looked embarrassing. The clock's ticking. Now, you could say he knows where he is and he knows what he has, you know, the effort he has to put in. And you could also say he was in there with a guy who, is 52 going on 82 because right. Nicho watching Nicho was flat out sad. Well, my man did a lot of uh, leg drops to the outside for <laughs> about 20 years. Yes, so did. yeah, I'm sure his... people who don't know this is psychosis. Yes. I'm sure his hips not, not doing great. This is, I mean, I would say that between 1995 and 19 somewhere in there in the mid nineties, let's call it the mid nineties. This guy was legitimately one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Oh, yeah, 95 to 99, easily. You could put him in that. Somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. any years you want to pick in that time zone. You know, if I went back and pulled all my old torches and my old observers when they were still doing that kind of listing at the end of the year, sort of like the FSM 50 deal that we do, 
guy'd be top 10, top 20, probably every one of those years. I mean, he was one of the best wrestlers in the world. The original base God, Ray Mysterio Jr. owes, you know, Ray was going to make it anyway because he's so great. But, you know, Psychosis being his traveling opponent and, you know, being just the ultimate base for him certainly launched Ray Mysterio Jr. The guy's a fucking legend and he's great. And this was not easy to watch him in this state. I mean, he can't move. He cannot move. He just, he can't run. He looks unsteady at all times. They had to have their seconds do a lot of the spots for them. Mm. Wasn't good. And Negro Casas is no, you know, anyone who tells you he's, that was true up until about a year ago, but he is not. No, he's, he's showing the age too. It's over for him too. Um, people always get mad when we say that, but I gotta be honest. It's over for him too. Um, so that was a fucking mess. An absolute dud. Um, the QT Marshall, you know, title win. <laughs> I, you know, so again, you can picture it. You can picture it in your head. Those four guys just doing plunder and, you know. So we talked about it last week in, in, in Cubs fans preview where we said that the title, the AAA Latin American Championship got taken away from Phoenix because they claimed AAA that he had AEW things that he had to do. So he wasn't going to be around enough to defend the title. All right. And that the winner sense considering and the winner, yeah. you're brand new. Your 13th Latin American AAA Latin American champion is QT Marshall. So, all right. Yeah. And I guess the main event, I mean, if you're into the, you know, exactly what you think that was going to be, and maybe you liked it. Um, With exactly the result, everybody on earth thought that would happen. Sam Adonis Adonis lost his, you know, five inches of hair that he has on top of his head. Oh, no. (laughs) I didn't like it. I mean, I thought it was just a pile of shit. You know, people running in and just no DQ. And it's the it was the typical AAA pile of shit to me. It's it's just garbage. Um, So it wasn't for me. I didn't like it at all. Um, Flammer and Taya Valkyrie. Now, Taya Valkyrie bled buckets. Now, unlike uh, our NXT girl, uh, Roxanne Perez, Taya ran the blade. All right. All right. uh, She ran the blade. All right. She was a, the, uh, she was the veritable crimson mask by the end of this one. Um, (laughs) I saw the funniest tweet because it couldn't be more true. Rob Viper tweets out after the match, this is the best tie of Valkyrie match I've ever seen. Two and a half stars. And <laughs> no, he got that from our review. Oh, that's right. That's he got from it Griffin. From our review yeah, that, 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 that was from, from Griffin Peltier, who did the review for yep. us on VoicesRessing.com. Said this Apologies was, the Griffin. That's, this was yes, Taya's Griffin. best match in a long time, two and a half stars, <laughs> which is. Yeah. Oh, that's more, a chef's kiss you know? right there. I love, I love that sort of review that, that we have. That, that's, that's. That's the stuff that we do at this at, at Voices of Wrestling that very few people can do as well as we do. Yeah, it had the blood and all that. Um, so that kind of took it up. And it was different than a tie match because the blood and everything. So from that standpoint, you know. And then the rest was the fucking AAA stuff. You get <laughs> the battle royal with a million guys. Was the countdown clock as loud as, as always? You know, Dave the Clown was there, though. So yeah. I popped for that. But um, I like a Dave. I like a Dave the Clown appearance. How was my man, Mister Iguana? Was he? Did he have the iguana? He had the iguana. Okay. and he did his thing. And, you know. <laughs> what about Nino and Perquesa? Your yeah. guy, your boy. I don't. I don't. I don't like that asshole. What happened to the? Uh, what happened to his lady? 
you know, uh, what was her name? Uh, Lady Mommy? Or yeah, what yeah, what happened to her? I haven't uh, seen her in a while. I, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because in real time, everyone was talking her up. Cody Rhodes was like, I'm going to bring her in AEW. And I'm like, she fucking sucks. Like, what, what do people see in her? Like, this whole Nino Hamburguesa thing, the love story, it's garbage. It's Monday Night Raw garbage. They both stink. And she was over. But I tried to tell people, look, she's a prelim fucking wrestler. Okay? And that's all she is. <laughs> big Mommy. Yeah, she's not Aja Kong, guys. Really? <laughs> yeah, Big Mommy. That was her name. I'm like, she's not going anywhere. And I would get a lot of kickback for that. Oh, you're crazy. She's over. They love her. I'm like, where do you really think Big Mommy's career is going? Can we be honest here for a minute? And now you can't find her with a fucking compass. You can't find Big Mommy with yeah, a fucking I don't know. I don't know party. what Big Mommy's up to these days. I hope she's not dead because I'm going to come off real crazy. Yeah, I, let, me, let me find out. I if don't, she's dead, I wasn't aware. Yeah, I don't All right? think Big Mommy is dead. No, I think you're okay. All right, good. But her career is dead. But uh, uh, she is not. Know. She is still. She just wrestled uh, last month. She just wrestled last month for this company. No, for Robles Promotions. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> not, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah. It, you know. So I don't know. Can I take a victory lap on that or not? The big I mean, mo- you, if you want the big mommy victory lap, go for it, Joe. It's all you yours. Know what? I'm taking the big mommy victory lap. I'm taking it. Because that really annoyed me in real time. I, I was getting it from all corners. Those were our Twitter days, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And AAA was, like, hot for a while with the, with the fucking uh, deep pearls. Yeah, oh, that? yeah, the irony people. The Oh, what's actually bad is actually good. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the annoying deep pearls, the kind that watch, like, freedoms. Like, the, you know, and uh, insisting to me, you know, that Big Mommy. I'm wrong about Big Mommy and, you know. I don't know what I'm watching. Listen, I know what the fuck I'm watching. Yeah, she's, she's slumming it in Robles promotions. Here? Yeah, she's slumming it in Robles promotions now. And... Don't tell me. One thing I can do is spot a star and spot a non-star. I'm almost never wrong. Big Mommy wasn't it. How'd this turn into the Big Mommy? I don't know. I just hour? I just asked how Nino Hamburguesa was, and now you're going Big Mommy. All right. Yeah, well, but... I don't like him either. And guess what? Guess who's still working prelim battle royals? Nino Hamburguesa. That's who. God damn it. I'm taking my victory lap on that annoying feud that I hated. Um, now, my man, Dave the Clown, he's really getting the <laughs> screws put to him. Murder Clown was in this as well. A lot of clowns. This yeah. Conan don't know how to handle the psycho circuit. You know, he don't even know how to handle fucking uh, psycho clown. Oh, hell no. Me. He has no idea like, what he's doing with that guy either. You know, that guy, psycho clown, like in all seriousness. Psycho Clown feels like such a lesser star now. Is that just me? He oh, no, 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 no. And, and it was like two years ago that felt like that, or, or two or three years ago, that guy felt like he was going to be the next like, gigantic Lucha superstar. And he was for a little while. Yeah, and, and he was. Yeah. And it, it, it was tangible. And now. Uh, he doesn't feel huge anymore. He doesn't feel, he doesn't have the or, and I don't blame him. This fucking company is a fucking dumpster fire. Sometimes they literally have dumpsters on fire. <laughs> I was say. It's it's a terrible promotion. They you know they don't do anything for anyone. It's uh, you know, but um, yeah, I don't know. You have any more questions? I watched this whole fucking thing. No, and that's your fault, man. I I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna watch going to. the fucking next one. And 
Well, the thing is, I think they're taking a lot of time off. Um, yeah, you gotta have two triple gonna... manias within two weeks of each other, but then you could, yeah, then take nine months off or whatever. Okay, cool. No, seriously, I think they're taking a lot of time Great. off. Good, and, uh, take all the time off. <laughs> Go away forever. Gonna be, not that you were gonna be locked into triple A TV and and house shows on on cams, but uh, I think they're taking a lot of time off. Not enough time not to book Marty Skrull for a house show. But yeah, I saw that. Time yeah, real one and Marty and Party Marty getting bookings. So yeah, we're off big, to the races. Big return I guess. of uh, Marty Skrull on a triple A house show. Yeah. Um that was uh Triple Mania. It was bad. Uh I'm looking on Cage Match. Yeah, the main event, Cage Match is sitting at four point one seven. So, you know, it was just a pile of dog shit. With a lot and, of good um, wrestlers. There's a lot of good wrestlers in that match. Well, man. there's a lot of charisma in that match, yeah. but it wasn't enough to save it. It, it you know, it was garbage. And um Yeah, you know, and 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 Roosh had all his pals, he had fucking Vance, whatever the fuck is, that? I was gonna say, I was gonna say Vance Johnson, <laughs> yeah, receiver for the Broncos. Um, that would be cool. Are you telling? Uh, that would be awesome. It was Vance Johnson, was... but he had Preston <laughs> Vance and you know the whole fucking gang out there, and um, you know there's a million people running in and doing so. it. Just fucking Johnson. sucked. You can picture it in your head. It was so bad. Ted for um, Broncos legend, Vance Johnson. Everybody, yeah, Van, Van, Vance Johnson. He waves the crowd, right? Courtney B. Vance accompanied uh, uh, Roosh to the ring. Yeah. Okay. Uh, star of stage and screen. Um, <laughs> Andrew Rich will pop for that one. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The show fucking blew. I don't know. So we, we, you, did, you did an earlier. We'll, we'll, we'll bid adieu here in, in, in a sec here. You uh, dropped a Sopranos reference earlier. Uh, Griffin, yeah. in these final thoughts at his, on his review of VoicesOfWrestling.com, said, quote, Some people are so far behind in the race that they actually believe they're leading. Oh, yeah, Conan's claiming they beat last year's attendance, of yep. course. Which um, they got a hundred more people mode. than the last WWE house show uh, in Mexico Amazing. City, too. Crazy! What a coincidence that that number came in a hundred <laughs> fans high. Yeah, it was fifteen thousand five hundred for WWE, and goddamn it, triple Mania, triple Mania, fifteen thousand six hundred. Wow, got those extra hundred yeah. people in there to to break the attendance mark that WWE sets. So. This has to be worse promotion. This has oh, to be questionably. Yeah, there's no. If there's no worst Booker award, one needs to be created. Um, it's you know, worst yeah. major show. <laughs> it's malpractice at this point. We're yeah, worst major show has to be one of these. Just pick one, throw a fucking dart at a triple A show of your choice. Um, you know, it's just just bad. And poor Larry Dallas doing fucking commentary from his fucking living room. <laughs> I, you know, it's just what a shit show. And and Dombrowski, it's Dombrowski, right? Yeah, I believe it's Dombrowski, yeah. Yeah. He it's like these matches don't have any pacing. Okay? So what happens is all of these like four-way fucking match there's no fucking they're all four ways and battle royals. <laughs> it sucks. And there's no pacing. It's just everyone – there's no story or pacing at all because they know they don't have to because this promotion stinks. And Dombrowski, as an announcer, who's also doing it from his living room, by the way, is including on anything. And there's no, like, pace to follow or anything to pick up on And this poor guy. Yeah, he's a pro's pro, by the way. He's good. He's very good. But this poor guy has to have it turned up to 10 the whole time because he don't know when these fucking matches are like, <laughs> climaxing or peaking. Right, right. Do you know what I mean when I say yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
So, like, starting with, like, seven minutes in, he's to ten. This poor guy, because he don't know. There's no rhythm to any of these matches, or or you don't know when they're peaking or anything. And and Larry Dallas is the same way. He just has to keep saying over and over, I don't know who's going to win this one or how much more these guys can take. <laughs> yeah, this is I don't know how much more these guys can take is his go-to line. And I, I, I get it. You know, I'm not making fun of him. I get it. It's hard. But, yeah, that line, like, yeah. you know, something will happen. Debrassi's going to go, like, what a move. That could be it. And then Larry Dallas goes there. I don't know how much more these guys could take. You know, it's every time. Yeah, and, and then there's another table spot. And then <laughs> right, there's another right. ta- And then there's another dive with 19 guys. And then what's funny is this guy has it dialed up to 10 the whole time. And then Park pins Adonis, but the dopey fucking heel ref, like, blows the count. <laughs> And Dobrowski doesn't realize the match. Oh, and Dobrowski doesn't, doesn't realize the match is over. Fuck that company. God. And the poor guy is like, I think he got him. He did get him. And it was all anticlimactic. <laughs> because right. After being up to a thousand the entire time, yeah. Yeah, and then 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 the fi- finally he calls the finish and he's flat because he didn't because the ref like fucking sucks. Fucking garbage <laughs> so bad oh god all right so that is it for us uh, i do want to promote something though if you guys are listening live to the flagship if you were on the ten dollar flagship super fans tier uh you were listening to the flagship live but we are done we're bidding to do but we have a brand new show on the voice of wrestling podcast network the mike and jd show and since mike lives in hawaii he is fine he is not in maui he's on one of the other islands he lives in Hawaii, so they do their show. They go live at like 10.30 p.m. Central Time or 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to bid adieu. If you want more wrestling talk, you got it right there. On the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel, the Mike and JD show, they're debuting. This is their first show. They're going live. I believe they're live right now. They're a couple, about a half an hour into their show right now. So if we're going to bid adieu here. Do you want to keep talk, listening to guys talk about wrestling? We got it for you. Voice of the Wrestling uh, YouTube channel, uh, the Mike and JD show during their debut, and that's going to happen every single week. They're always going to stream on Thursdays, usually around this time as well. So I think it'll be a nice, uh, you know, if you guys need even more wrestling talk, which, hey, why not? Why the hell not? Uh, we got that for you here, and that will also be on our, our normal podcast network as well. Uh, we're excited to have those guys on uh, uh, on the network. I think it's going to be a really great addition uh, to the podcast network. So the Mike and JD show, again, uh, we're bidding adieu here if you want to. Go on over to the, the Voice of Wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, that is going to be live right now. The Mike and JD show uh, now a part of the Voice of Wrestling podcast network. And make sure you subscribe to the Voice of Wrestling podcast network on your podcast app of choice. Also, the flagship podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Voicesofwrestling.com slash Discord. Voicesofwrestling.com slash Patreon for our Patreon stuff. Uh, also, uh, just Voicesofwrestling.com for all of our columns, previews, reviews, podcasts, all that other good stuff is going to all be there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. So that is it for us. That is Joe. I am Rich. We will talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host for You've Got to Be Kidding Me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. 
So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and Liam will do bits and whatnot. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.